Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Thursday. We're coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got Brooks Childress, Brant Daughtry, Ryan LaVoy will join us in just a little while. We've got a lot to discuss today. As it's a Thursday, we've got Bob Pockris from Fox Sports to talk about the NASCAR season with us. Still got to go over Sports Call's Player of the Week. We've got Birthdays in Sports, a nightly TV guide. We did the top 10 quarterbacks by ESPN for the NFL season earlier in the week. Let's look at their top 10 running backs and what that list looks like. We'll have that conversation a little bit later during today's show. So we hope everyone is doing well. Again, if you would like to be a part of Sports Call, call us 334 334- 887-3401. J.J. Brooks and Brant on today's show. Uh, Brooks, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, it, it's kind of been an off and on dreary Thursday. It started dreary and the sun's kind of come out here in Auburn here uh, in the afternoon hour. So very beautiful day uh, here in the loveliest village. The British Open got underway today. Tiger Woods uh, didn't start out well, kind of gained some ground a little bit, but uh, I, I don't know what he ended up finishing. He was at four over the uh, the last time I saw him, and uh, I, he he just birdied twice. Finished, or yeah, he's on 17 right now, six over par. And so British Open going uh, over there at St Andrews, the old course, great great uh, venue for golf. Always one of the fun uh, British Open venues and. So can't wait to watch that all weekend. Continue to get ready for SEC Media Days next week. Can't wait to uh, be up there and talk to all the folks at SEC Media Days. We get to bring you all all the uh, great coverage. And, yeah, Braves getting ready for a four-game set starting tonight, uh, right before last series before the All-Star break as they're in Washington, D.C. to take on the Nationals. Need to get a at least win the series against the Nationals after losing to the Mets over the weekend or this, this past week. Um, you, you really, really want to win, at least win the series here this weekend against the Nationals. It'd be great if you could sweep up there, but you, you know, don't count your chickens before they hatch. But uh, can't wait to talk all things sports. Can't wait to talk to all of our callers, right, Brant? Absolutely. Uh, really looking forward to today. Um, I haven't having a great time. Uh, all things going well. Um, but but yeah, you know, I haven't had a chance to talk about the the Mets series yet. Disappointing to lose in the way they did. Uh, probably Max's worst outing of the year. I think, uh, and we, we say that he went five innings, gave up two runs. Most guys that do that have very long careers, but it's just not what we've uh, be, gotten used to seeing from Max Fried. But, you know, in that, in that game one start, he just didn't look himself. In game two, obviously the Braves win, and then game three was just a, a, a you-know-what show. It was, it was just ugly in, in a lot of ways. And hopefully uh, they can bounce back, like you said, going up against the Nationals. And you, you'd love to take all four, but 
I've always said you can't. It's it's tough to ask for a sweep until you've won the first couple. You know, if it's a three game series, say win two out of three before you start asking for sweeps. Um, so it would it would be great to sweep, but I'm I'm just looking to take three out of four. You're you're a really good team going up against a team that is very very not good. So hopefully uh hopefully the Braves can bounce back a little bit and get some momentum headed back into the All Star break and. You know, the, after that, got the Dodgers, I think, coming to town. Are the Dodgers coming to Atlanta? Uh, or no, it's the Angels. It, it, the Angels. The other that's Los what it Angeles is. That's team. The other Los Angeles team. Never mind. It, that's That makes sense. When I looked at the schedule the other day, it had city yeah. names. It did not have mascots. I am going to say, the, the Braves are done with the Dodgers for the year. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, got the Angels coming to town. That'll be a very interesting series. Trout, Otani, and a bag of chips. And uh, that's about it. So, hope, hopefully they can... You know, hopefully Trout and Otani do something really cool, but but uh, doubt, doubt it'll doubt it'll happen with uh with anything else there. But look, looking forward to uh, the show today. Looking forward to talking to people. Looking forward to interviewing, and you know, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, gonna be a great show. Gonna have a whole lot of fun. That's for sure. Three three four eight eight seven three four zero one. If you would like to call in and be a part of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, my name is JJ Jackson. Once again, alongside Brooks Childress. And Brant Daughtry. We do this each and every day. It's important that we take this opportunity to celebrate our birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. All right, birthdays in sports here today. It is July 14th of 2022. Shabazz Napier is turning 31 years old. The former NBA point guard selected 24th overall in the 2014 NBA draft by the Charlotte Hornets out of UConn but was immediately traded to the Miami Heat. Also played for the Orlando Magic, Portland Trailblazers, Brooklyn Nets, Minnesota Timberwolves, and Washington Wizards. While at UConn, Napier was a two-time NCAA champion, a 2014 NCAA Final Four Most Outstanding Player, 2014 Consensus First Team All-American, 2014 Bob Cousy Award winner, the AAC Player of the Year, and more. Shabazz Napier is 31 years old. Go Huskies. Big national championship run twice with the UConn Huskies on the basketball floor. Robin Ventura is 55, the former MLB third baseman, two-time All-Star, six-time Gold Glove Award winner, a gold medalist in the 1988 Olympic Games representing the United States, played for the Chicago White Sox, New York Mets, New York Yankees, and L.A. Dodgers. Happy birthday to Robin Ventura. Graduate of Oklahoma State University. Josh Miller. Josh Miller is celebrating his birthday today. He is 53 years old. The former NFL punter went undrafted in 1994, but after two seasons in the CFL, Miller made the Seattle Seahawks practice squad, then made it to the active roster for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Also played for the New England Patriots and Tennessee Titans. Two-time CFL All-Star, Super Bowl 39 champion. Miller was also named first-team All-Pac-10 and first-team All-American in 1992. Josh Miller, 53 years old today. Go Cats, go Pats. It is Shabazz Napier turning 31. Robin Ventura is 55 years old. Josh Miller is 53. That is a look at our birthdays in sports here today on July 14th. Can I just, I, I look this up. Josh Miller played college football at Arizona. Before that, he was at Scottsdale Community College. This may be the greatest mascot I've ever found. Scottsdale Community College, they're the Fighting Artichokes. Let's wow. go. Wow. Let's go. Fighting Artichokes. That's pretty remarkable. That's awesome. Big fans of that. 
Big fans of that. Go fighting artichokes. That's, That's right. Great. Fighting All right. jokes. Uh, let's take some phone calls. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. You can visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. As we go to the phone lines now, joining us on the program today is our good pal, Matt from Tallahassee. Matt has called into the program today. Hi, Matt. Uh, what's up, what's buddy? Up, man? What's up, Brent? What's up, buddy? How you doing? Fine. Uh, hey, um, did you guys, like, uh, I, I want to tell you guys, did you guys hear that Garrett Hopper stole the ball from Cooper last night? In a summer league game, yeah, they they were playing against one another in the Pelicans and Hawks, and uh, yeah, it was a, a pretty fun play to see Auburn basketball players going at it head to head. I wonder what Cooper said after that. I, yeah, I, they probably I, had a good I, laugh about it. They probably had a good laugh about it. Hey, um, another thing is like uh, I was reading on my computer. They said like a four star from uh, junior from Auburn High School for Big Cat Weekend. What do you guys know about him? Do you guys know is he a wide receiver or? I'm not sure. Obviously, we're still a little bit away from Big Cat Weekend, and so once we get closer, we'll be able to uh, have more intel on him and, and what exactly he could do. Give us one more question, and then we've got your trivia for you. Okay. Um, I, you guys, have you guys been to any of the business games this year? I was there Friday night. Tell us about it, Brooks. It was great. Uh, great uh, atmosphere out there. Really, really fun. It was a little warm, but that's baseball in the summer for you, but other than that, it was a fun time. What do you guys think about the Biscuits playing against Mississippi Braves? Yeah, they play them several times a year because they're in the same series. I went to uh, the Biscuits and Braves last year, and I got to see uh, Sean, uh, Langerhans. No, no, it was uh, Langoliers. Langoliers last year when he was with the uh, with the Braves, where he got traded to the uh, to the Athletics earlier this year. And it, it's it's always a fun series. There's always a lot of Braves fans that show up to those games. Are they in second place, the Biscuits? Uh, I maybe hold on. Let me. Uh, we'll do some research. Here's yeah. your Major League Baseball trivia. Here you go. You got a couple of questions that we got to let you get out of here today. So, question number one: What team and what stadium are hosting the MLB All Star Game this year? Which team is hosting the MLB All Star Game this year? Uh, I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's um where. Washington Nationals play. That's right. Think. It's not there. It's on the other side of the country. Um, West Coast. New York. New, New York. West Coast. Yeah, other side of the country. Uh, not New York. Not. Um. It, it, it's it's in the it's the West Coast, right? Correct. Not the Dodgers. It is the Dodgers. It is the Dodgers. At Dodger Stadium is where the All-Star game is. I haven't seen Freddie Freeman play lately. Is he playing? He is still playing. Yeah, he is still playing. I haven't seen him play lately. He's been out there. Yeah, so. hit a home run earlier this week. How many home runs does he have so far now? I think he's got like 12 or 13 on the year he's so far. He's getting up there. Here's your next question. How many Atlanta Braves made the All-Star team this year? How many Braves players made the All-Star team? I would have to guess. I'm guessing maybe six. Very close. It was five. It was five. And then one last question for you today. Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones, how many times did he make the All-Star game in his MLB career? 
Oh, I should know this one because I've seen Chipper Jones play. He's an awesome player. We love Chipper Jones, yeah. He's retired now. He's 50 years old. Man, you got me beat. <laughs> um, how many times has he made it the All-Star? I say five. Oh, very close. It was eight. He's been an All-Star eight times. Eight times. So, uh, there you go. There's some MLB trivia for you. We got to do the cheer, guys. Let's count down together. Five, four, three, two, one. Four, Eagle. Hey. Hey. Bama, 48, 45, 63. Booyah. Bama, we're coming to your field. Georgia, coming to your field. Gonna knock you guys both in the SEC championship, national champion. It's our year. Booyah. And say bye-bye, Saban. That's right. That's right, buddy. All right. Hey, hey JJ, next, next, on Monday, um, I'm going to do some um, NBA trivia. Okay, here I'm going to tell you this one. We'll tell you this, okay? But next week we are going to be at SEC Media Days, so there okay. is a chance that we will not be able to take any phone calls. Okay, so just so, be prepared uh, for that. You may have to wait a, a full week. You may not be able to call us until July 25th. Okay. Okay, and you're still going to send me that uh, address for correct, the year, but... correct for games next year. Oh, yes. Okay. Did you ever ask the umpires if I can use my bats? I did, and you are not allowed to use your bats. You have to use the bats that the league provides. But are your bats ASA on it? Yep, boy, we we got some good bats that they use. So, so, you, tell, so you tell them. So you told them that you got my back. Right? Yeah, I, I, I'll uh, we'll, we'll take care of you. We'll take care of you. We'll see what we could do next year. All right, be good, right. and we'll talk to you in a few days. All right, Warrior, right, go. Bye-bye. That's our buddy Matt from Tallahassee joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. All right, we've got to take our next commercial break on the show today. And on the other side of this break, our good pal James from Montgomery will be calling in to chat with us here on Sports Call. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back on Sports Call, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brooks Childress and Brant Daughtry. A few minutes left here before we get to a conversation with Bob Pockris of Fox Sports, the great NASCAR reporter, joining us on the show here in just a few moments. We're certainly excited 
to chat with him. It'll be the first time having him on our show. A lot of NASCAR fans in the area. I'm becoming a bigger fan of the sport myself, and so uh, he's one of the best. He's, he's one of the best reporters that you could find out there. Looking forward to having him on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show here in just a few minutes. But for now, we'll take another phone call. Joining us on the program, James from Montgomery. James has called into today's show. Hi, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle, sir. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about the different changes that uh, the college football season is actually going to be making of the Big 12. Do you think they might make a chance uh, to come into the SEC? And what teams would we actually look forward to in the next uh, coming months as well? Yeah, uh, I don't know when any other teams come into the SEC besides the Oklahoma Sooners and the, the Texas Longhorns. I know uh, there's been some rumors about some of the ACC schools coming over to the, to the conference, but I think that right now, you know, you, you've seen the SEC. Uh, they don't seem to be moving toward adding anybody else. It doesn't look like the Big, the Big Ten is targeting anybody else besides maybe a Notre Dame, but they really can't go to the Big Ten ex- unless they talk to the ACC first. And so it, it's there. There's a lot of what ifs out there. What if the you know the Pac-10 and the Big 12 could merge or something, or some one of those a couple of those teams go to, from one conference to the other? I think that's the biggest talking point. But I don't think any other teams are coming to the SEC right now. Now with that uh, change in the Big 12, I mean in the Big 10 uh, network, are are they going to actually keep their network, or are they just going to? merge right alongside with the SEC network as well. The Big 12 doesn't have a network. They've got a deal with ESPN Plus where a lot of their stuff is thrown onto ESPN Plus. Texas has their own network, and I, I think it still remains to be seen what's going to happen with, with that one. I think it's going to go away when it merges with the SEC network because Greg Sankey and the SEC don't really want the, mm-hmm. an individual school to have their own you know big big network out there. But uh, I don't think, you know, the Big 12 uh, doesn't really have a network right now. I don't think one's going to come anytime soon because of their deal with ESPN+, Plus. but you never know. Yes, because I know with the uh, Texas, well, with the Longhorn Network, I know they're going to have their own their own thing. So with that being said, with a lot of games that are going to be coming in in the fall, so I think their first game that Texas will be playing in the month of September, we'll be playing against Alabama. So I'm not quite sure that's going to be very exciting to actually see. Um, I know it's going to be a classic matchup because I think with these two teams, with these two schools, they've been playing for a long time. And I think this one would be in favor of Texas. So I'm actually going to be uh, favoring Texas to actually beat Alabama this year as well. Do you remember about over a decade ago when we saw Alabama and Texas play for a national championship? Remember when Alabama and Texas played in the BCS national championship? Yes, I actually do remember that. And I think Alabama won that uh, national championship if I'm mistaken. They did. Uh, they, they did win that national championship. That was also the first time that Alabama had ever beaten Texas. Texas was 7-0-1 against Alabama. In that national title game, Alabama got the best of them and won their first ever game over Texas. And that Alabama-Texas game is actually going to be Texas's second game of the year. They open up with Louisiana Monroe on September 3rd, James. Yeah, so I'm actually going to be watching um, that game on September 3rd because I'm actually looking forward to seeing Texas actually winning against Louisiana Monroe, 
Monroe as well. And um, with the college football season actually coming in, I'm going to be looking at some uh, some other uh, college schools that might be able to come to play in uh, Montgomery this year for the uh, Camellia Bowl this year. So I'm thinking with uh, Troy, I'm looking at Troy, I'm looking at Georgia Southern, I'm looking at Georgia uh Georgia Southern, I'm looking at Troy, I'm looking at Appalachia State, um, I'm looking at Ohio Bobcats. I'm pretty sure that they might make another comeback. I'm not sure yet. Yeah, that uh the Camellia Bowl Sunbelt versus the Mac is a really, really good matchup. Uh that seems to be a common matchup because you know the, the bowl down in Mobile, the uh, Lending Tree Bowl is also Sunbelt versus Mac. Yeah, so with that one, I'm actually looking at like all these different bowl games and seeing um, who's actually going to be, you know, looking good this year versus last few years due to the pandemic. And I'm just going to see some different bowl games that Auburn might play in or Georgia might play in or Alabama or Florida might play in as well. Yeah, should be a really, really fun time to see who can uh, come out of this season as bowl eligible and punch their ticket to some postseason action. What else you got for us today, James? Well, I'm actually going to be looking at um, – I'm actually looking to see some great uh, NFL uh, draft news as well because I know draft weekend is right around the corner, so it's going to be kind of hard for a lot of uh, a lot of NFL fantasy draft owners like myself and many others to actually see – who they're going to actually put on their uh, draft boards this year um, before uh, the kickoff actually starts off with week zero in the NFL as well. Yeah, once we get to September, the season's there, and a lot of people are waiting for preseason games to end and that sort of thing before they start to think about their fantasy football draft. So uh, we're still a little bit away from that, but it's obviously something worth discussing and mentioning. Hey, James, we've got a NASCAR reporter that we're about to interview here on the show in just a few minutes. Uh, So with that being said, give us some NASCAR thoughts before we have to let you go today. Um, Well, I'm actually excited to see one of the newcomers that are going to be coming to, uh, to the number 23 racing team. Uh, Ty Dillon, he's coming in uh, next year in 2023 to the uh, to Michael Jordan's team uh, next year as well. It, it's actually Tyler Reddick that's going to be joining yes. that team, not Ty Dillon. Yes. Yeah, Tyler Reddick is uh, joining uh, Michael Jordan's team as well, and uh, he's going to be, um, you know, he's going to be uh, taking under wing of Bubba Wallace, uh, so he's going to actually teach him the ropes as well because that's his race team as well so he's going to learn a lot from uh from Bubba as well and and seeing sure. how he's going to train him and put him under his wing as well but but remember Tyler Reddick has actually won a race this year James unfortunately Bubba Wallace hasn't even won a race this season so uh he'll, he'll be able to be his teammates uh, and it'll be fun to see those guys team up but Tyler Reddick has already won a race this year and Bubba Wallace has not won any races so far this season yeah so I'm I'm just gonna see how he how's he gonna do this weekend and um, if he doesn't do really good, I don't know who else I will jump on the bandwagon with in the NASCAR. Um, yeah, well, Bubba Wallace is still going to be racing, so you'll always be able to cheer for him and support him, and hopefully he's got a couple of more wins coming his way, that's for sure. 
Yes, as well. So when they actually come to uh, Talladega this uh, season, I think I would probably see him actually do like a couple of qualifying races as well. And I'll just see how how is he going to do this uh, season. Perfect. Perfect. All right, buddy. Well, we got to let you go, okay? All right. Sounds good. And I'll talk to you all on uh, tomorrow. Looking forward to it. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for the phone call today, James. All right. War Eagle. War Eagle. That's James from Montgomery, and he's joining us here on Sports Call. We've got to take our next commercial break of today's show. On the other side of this break again, Bob Pachris from NASCAR, Fox Sports. He's joining us coming up here in just a moment on Sports Call. you want to join our conversation tweet us your thoughts on twitter at sports call au now back to more sports call with jj jackson and the guys Welcome back into Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. This is Sports Call on WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM. And on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson, Ryan LaVoy, and Brooks Childress here inside our studios. And we are so thrilled uh, and honored to go to our Auburn Bank phone line to bring on a new guest, a new friend of the program. It's Bob Pachris from Fox Sports, the great NASCAR reporter, joining us on the program today. Bob, the time is greatly appreciated. Greetings from Auburn. How are you today, sir? Doing great. Glad, glad to be on with you. We're, uh, we're certainly thrilled to have this conversation with you. We'll, we'll be honest, uh, a couple of us here in the studio got really into the sport in 2020 when uh, NASCAR was one of the first sports to come back. Uh, here in Alabama, we obviously have Talladega ties, uh, and so many people have, have started following the sports recently over the past few seasons. You've been one of the top voices and follows in the sport as well. I I'm curious from you, kind of your interactions in Talladega throughout your career and through the state. Have any trips to Auburn taken place in your lifetime, Bob? Um. Yes, I want to say uh, I cover a lot of college baseball uh, when I was worked for the Daytona paper from 91 to 2003. I believe I, I uh, no, I can't remember whether I cover. I know I covered a baseball regional somewhere in Alabama. It may have been Auburn. It may have been. What Alabama, are the odds? But, yeah, wow. Uh, uh, you know, so uh, so I believe there. Um, I don't think I covered some college football, but don't think I ever got to. Uh, a game at Auburn. So, uh, but, you know, I um, certainly, you know, there are actually plenty of people who work in the sport who've either worked at Auburn, you know, in a sports industry type of role or uh, or went to Auburn and, and found their way into NASCAR. So um, I certainly, I certainly run into uh, plenty of, uh, plenty of Auburn people. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. And, and obviously here in the state of Alabama, we've got Talladega and so many people know what that means 
uh, to the sport of NASCAR. Here we are this season in 2022, over halfway home with the year so far and, and, and with sports kind of getting back to a level of normalcy, so to speak. We mentioned a moment ago with NASCAR kind of being the first uh, sport to give it a go when we were in the heart of the pandemic. Have you noticed any shifts in fans or just the way the sport is consumed over the past uh, 18 months, 24 months, however you want to look at it? Yeah, and I, I don't know whether it's because uh, NASCAR is one of the first sports to come back uh, during uh, during COVID, or you know, just the fact that you now have Michael Jordan as a co-owner of a team, you have Pitbull as a co-owner of the of a team. You know, NASCAR did this race where they put a you know they they put a track inside the LA Memorial Coliseum and, and ran exhibition race there inside that iconic venue. So some of these things that NASCAR has been doing to kind of branch out and attract new fans i think ha- has worked and and you certainly can see it on race day you, you see a, you see more you see a, a younger more diverse fan base uh, going to the event and, and bob to talk about what's going on with this season now and last week we, we saw a very entertaining race in atlanta a, a completely different type of atlanta if people are just starting to come to the sport uh this this uh bump drafting style of atlanta uh, not what we saw until this year. Uh, talk about how that's being received. I know Atlanta went back up from one race to two races here recently. Uh, do you kind of foresee that going on? Has this been well-received as a, a, a change for the track? Uh, I think it's been well-received by the fans for sure. It, you know, When they repaid the track at Atlanta, they also redid the banking and the width in certain areas of the track. And so now it races – more like Daytona and Talladega because of the increased banking. NASCAR needs to lower the speed so the cars don't uh, virtually don't get airborne as, as they're as they're racing. As far as like just liftoff speeds, they be go- could be going 220, 230 if they didn't uh, reduce the speeds there. So it's kind of created this drafting type racing, which is thrilling to watch uh, for drive now for drivers. It's a, it's a different style of racing. They don't always feel in total control because a lot of it is dependent on a push from another driver, and they also, and then the drivers need to block coming runs. So it's not necessarily a driver's favorite style of racing unless they're really good at it. The hits seem to be a little bit harder now in Atlanta than they were before, and that is a little bit uh, certainly something that the drivers are aware of, and uh, you know, and and I would say have 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 some concern about you know to make sure that that. Uh, you know that that they can race and have a have a good event and and you know not um you know you see the wild wrecks at Daytona and Talladega and you just you you kind of you you don't want to see something uh, you know that 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 you know you don't want to see an accident as bad as you know as we've seen at some of at some of those other tracks so again I think you know the fans love it it's an exciting race and I think you know drivers are kind of you know. They certainly don't want any more <laughs> Atlantas, right? But they're, I think they're willing to take that Atlanta is what it is and and, and that it does provide an exciting race. And, and, of course, we saw Chase Elliott, uh, the home state kid, win um, in Atlanta, now winning two out of the last three races. I watched your fast thoughts uh, after that race and, and talking a little bit about how he's starting to peak here as we get towards the playoffs. I, I know he's pretty much led the points for a long time, but now starting to get in those win columns, do, do you kind of see 
him now as pulling away as as at least a championship favorite, or or do you still think this is still uh, obviously the playoffs will shake everything up, but do you still see other drivers as still being right there with Chase as far as as championship favorites? Yeah, well, I, I'm not sure whether he's pulling away. I would say maybe he's kind of stepping away. <laughs> you know, I, I think he, he's 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 moving himself. He's kind of establishing himself as the favorite. He's putting a little bit of distance between him and the other drivers, but it's not coming at an incredible pace, right? It's not coming, you know, where you're you're like, oh, he's you're not etching his name on the champion trophy. You're probably not even etching his name as definitely one of those drivers who's going to be in the final four. But what he's done the last month is that he has uh, that is that, that he has you know won two races. He's come back from a, a race at Road America where he kind of fell. He gave one away and came back the following week and won at Atlanta in a race where he also gave up the lead late and had to rally to get it back. And when you look at those things, that those things tell me that he's mentally ready to make a championship run and mentally ready to pull himself away from the rest of the pack, whether he does it or not remains to be seen. And Bob, big news in the sport, obviously yesterday with uh, with Tyler Reddick going uh, to twenty three eleven here in a, in a year and a half's time. Uh, how surprising was that move to you? And then where do we go from here with with the dynamics of a two car team or a three car team at twenty three eleven? And then what RCR does next? Yeah, so uh, it, it wasn't a surprise that Tyler. It's not a surprise that Tyler Reddick is going to twenty three eleven racing and. 2024. It was a surprise that they announced it and got the deal done here in July 2022. Um, you know, look, Tyrex one of the best drivers in the series. Uh, you know, just earned his first career cup win, but people think that he has many wins, a two-time Xfinity champion, that he's going to be a superstar. And so it's no surprise that every team was interested in Tyler Reddick once his deal at RCR ended in 2023. And, you know, he looked at what Denny Hamlin's doing. He can look at that organization and say, 10 years down the road, Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan are probably still owning it. You know, when you look at what Richard Childress, you look at where he was at Richard Childress Racing, you just, you know, you just don't know where the, kind of where that organization will be in 10 years and who will be running it. And he, so he went to a place where he knew there was some, you know, potentially more stability and obviously a lot of support from Toyota. So what does that mean for 2311? It means that there'll probably be a, still be a two-car team in 2024. A lot of people expect Kurt Busch to retire after next season, although, you know, the way Kurt Busch is running, you, 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 ne- you never can tell about Kurt. But I think the, the kind of the feeling is, is that Kurt will most likely retire after next season. And then if he doesn't, I think that, you know, then 2311 starts hunting for a charter and, and getting uh, – you know, and, and, and expanding to three full-time cars. So the thing they knew is that they wanted Reddick and knew that they had to get him signed or else somebody else was probably going to go after him and sign him. What happens to RCR, I think, remains to be seen. But, you know, I think that they they know that their best bet to earn to get a high-profile driver and solid sponsors in 2024 is to run well with Reddick in 2023 because they need to show that they can win races consistently. And Bob, being the first-time winner for Tyler Reddick, kind of gives more voice to the crowd that is wanting to see uh, 16 or even 17 
uh, winners before the playoffs. Where do you stand on the likeliness here now that we have about six races left before the playoffs? Yeah, 13, 13 race, 13 winners. I, I, you know, I've been saying all year I'm skeptical of it, and I'm still skeptical that there'll be 16 or 17 winners. I think you'll still have one driver get in on points. Uh, I think that you know a lot of these races coming up, we'll see drivers who've won before win. Granted, you do have two road courses in Daytona that potentially could be wild cards, but I just think at least a couple of those you'll see somebody you've seen who's already won win, win, win the races. Bob Pockers of Fox Sports is our guest here on this Thursday edition of Sports Call here in Auburn. Uh, you could follow him on Twitter for his work, at Bob Pockris. I want to talk a little Talladega with you, Bob, because obviously it's such a big event here in the sport. What do you enjoy most about race weeks at Talladega? <laughs> you got to enjoy walking down Talladega Boulevard at about 9 or 9.30 at night. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, seeing the sights and talking to fans and just every watching people have a good time, uh, you know. I think, I mean, I think that you know the atmosphere of Talladega is what is what makes makes that track. And and the you know you you get you get to the track in the morning and you just smell the, the burning wood, right? And it's it's uh, and you know all these people have trekked to Talladega to to, to have a good time watch a little racing and then have more of a good time and then watch a little racing and have more of a good time. So, you know, when I think of Talladega, I think of, of just, you know, that this is, this is one of, that's one of those places where people come, they've been coming for decades. They camp next to the people they've been camping near for decades. And it's just a place where, you know, race fans gather to, you know, to kind of potentially forget everything else in their lives and just enjoy a good solid weekend. Bob, in your lifetime, when and where was the first NASCAR race that you attended? Uh, I think the first NASCAR race I attended was probably the 92 Daytona 500 uh, because I started working in the Daytona paper uh, in in the summer of 91. So uh, that's probably, I would think that was my first race. I don't think I attended one before that. Had you followed the sport much at all before, or was this the, the job opportunity to go and, and cover the Daytona 500, and, and then all of a sudden you're kind of all the way in it? <laughs> well, I grew up in Indianapolis. Or okay. I moved to Indianapolis when I was 10, so I was very used to the Indy 500. I was very used to auto racing. I was a little bit more on the IndyCar side than the NASCAR side. I wasn't all that familiar. My, my knowledge of NASCAR was pretty much from Days of Thunder. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then I and I learned uh, what about that was true and what about that was uh, was uh, was Hollywood as I started covering more NASCAR stuff uh, in the early nineties. Well, we're turning this into a Bob Pockris personal conversation here, and I'm loving it. I- I'm just so curious as someone who. Uh, has it been to a race before? And a couple of my colleagues here have been to a few. Some uh, have only been to uh, a handful. From your first race to now, this is what you do. Like, how have you noticed uh, race day change from your perspective from the very first time that you showed up to a racetrack to, to say, Sunday when you walk out there once again? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the the... The sport has grown so much from a, you know, kind of a regional sport where it was in the early 90s to now, you know, a, a national sport that, you know, where, where they're going zigzagging across the nation a few times during the year. 
I see, you know, just so much, you know, broader interest in the sport. Obviously, the cars themselves are so different. Uh, you know, the safety measures in these cars. I mean, if you had told me in the 90s that NASCAR would go uh, over 20 years without uh, a death at a race and, and a driver in a race in, in their major series, I, w- I would not have I would not believe you. I probably wouldn't have believed you if you said they could go 10 years. And the fact that they've been able to go 20 years and the development of the, of the safety initiatives in head restraints and the safer barriers that they now have at the racetracks and, and just the way the cars are built is just totally is amazing. And, you know, um, and, and it's something that, that can't be achieved by luck. You know, it's something that, that's achieved because, at, you know, after Dale Earnhardt died, NASCAR, you know, realized that they had they had to use the science and they had to use need the help of others to help them create a safer sport, and they have. And it feels as though social media has obviously improved over the years and has helped uh, consume the sport and that sort of thing. Again, he's on Twitter at Bob Pockris. What do you enjoy so much about engaging with fans of the sport? Because just from following your work, Bob, it's something that you do. And sometimes you get to a level of so many followers and being one of the top reporters in a sport, the last thing that they ever want to do is engage with fans. And I want to compliment you because that is something that we see you doing from time to time. What do you enjoy about that? Well, look, NASCAR is a hard sport to understand. And fans deserve, if they're going to spend their hard-earned time watching a race, you know, if there's if people's discretionary time and income are is very limited, right? If you're going to spend money to go to a race, you know, you you worked hard for that money. If you're going to spend a few hours watching a race on a Sunday afternoon, there's a lot of other things you could be doing, and you're sitting there watching that race. And so, the people who do that deserve, you know, to be able to be informed about what's going on. They deserve to uh, help. They they need people to help them understand what's going on or explain things from behind the scenes and and kind of help uh help them understand you know what's fact and what's fiction and you know and also help them understand you know who hates who and who who wants (laughs) to wreck who and who's about to get hired and who's about to get fired and and if i can help fans uh if i can help them enjoy and understand the sport or you know look you know, part of the job as a reporter is to try to tell it like it is. And if, if if I say something and explain something, and a fan says, "Well, man, I don't I don't want to watch this anymore. I'm going to go watch baseball," you know, then I've you know I've I've done my job in some ways, right? And and I like to think that the baseball reports are doing the same thing. And if somebody doesn't like baseball, then they'll come and, and watch a race. But you know, our our job, my job, is to help inform people, and that's why you know, and that's. You know, social media is a great avenue to help to, you know, for, for people to consume information. You know, some of that information isn't always the most accurate, right? But it's also a way where you can uh, potentially debunk uh, inaccurate information. So I just uh, love being able to interact with fans and help them understand, uh, understand the sport. Because if you don't understand the sport, you're probably not going to watch it. Well, Bob, keep on keeping on. We certainly enjoy following your work and are so grateful for the time that we've had with you on the show today. It certainly won't be our last visit with you. We'll be sure to get you back here on the show in due time. Thanks again for taking the phone call today. Really enjoyed our conversation. All right, thank you.
All right, that's our pal Bob Pockris from Fox Sports covering NASCAR, talking about the season so far. And uh, I loved that final answer there and sort of the perspective. Because you're right, you do, uh, if people are spending their, as he said, discretionary income on something, let's give them what they want and let's help them uh, understand exactly why certain things are happening and, and what the big drama or gossip might be in certain situations and that sort of thing. Great perspective. I wonder if you, like, ranked the most difficult, like, from our eyes, even though we understand pretty much every sport, um, if we ranked the most difficult sports to understand fully where things would rank. Because I think people always think of NASCAR as being left turn, left turn. And they don't realize when they actually try and watch it, all these terms and all these strategies that – make it very confusing for yeah. people. And that's I'll what say Bob's, it's incredibly difficult. That's what Bob's talking about. It's like for those that don't watch, you just think it's the simple thing. You try and drive as fast as you can in a circle, but it, it, there's a lot that goes into that, and that's not, not necessarily true. And, you know, I wonder where it would rank on, on the difficulty scale because, you know, if I told you that I needed to take a little wedge out and lower the track bar – and put a little extra tire pressure in there what what would that mean to you do you think you could tell me what those adjustments meant so um you know that's uh that's i've always appreciated because i have followed bob here these last couple years and i've always appreciated um that he has been so willing to talk to people on twitter and sometimes that's not an easy thing to do because people on social media can be uh incredibly irrational at, at times and um you know i, I think that uh that can be um a little bit uh undervalued is that you know connecting with fans on twitter that are actually trying to learn something and not just you know say something stupid or that sort of thing so um he's always been really really good with the information he gives on social media i've always appreciated it for, for sure Brooks, what did you appreciate about that conversation or any thoughts that you might have? Uh, well, I was just going to say driving as fast as I can in a circle is my uh, strategy at all roundabouts in my life. Um, the uh, the I mean, it's it's I think that the you know, the sport, you know, any auto racing is can on, on you know, once you get into it. It's one of those sports. It's it can be difficult, like you were saying. It can be difficult to understand. I think the the most difficult to understand would be baseball. Still, I think NASCAR is up there, and it's just man. I mean, there, I've been watching it, you know, since I was in elementary school, and I still there's still some things that I, they'll say on on there, and especially once you get you know some of the drivers into the booth, and they'll be talking about their experiences in the cars. And it, you're just like, wow, I never thought about that aspect of it. It's just so, in, uh, it, it's an interesting take on it. It, it. You, you never think there's some things you never really think about happening inside of a, inside of a car, uh, going 180 miles an hour that when they start talking about it in the, in, in the, uh, in the booth, you, you're like, wow, that makes sense. That, that really, you know. There's there's a lot more stuff to it than just turning left and driving in a circle, especially even though even on road courses it's not just turning left and right a couple times. It's keeping your body cool and all the different aspects of running for you know running in a car at 200 miles an hour for three hours. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, I mean, look, it's a, a very complicated sport for a lot of us to try and sit here and figure out what that may look like. So 
Uh, appreciate Bob Pockers for stopping by and joining us here on Sports Call today. Alongside Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress, my name is JJ Jackson. The first hour of our show has finished. Here we are, one hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, and Brant Dauntry. Our thanks again to Bob Pockris, the NASCAR reporter for Fox Sports for joining us on the program today. Uh, Man, it's been a fun show so far. We've still got a lot of fun to go. We've got to get to uh, our top 10 running backs from ESPN ahead of this NFL season. We'll do that in just a matter of moments. Also, the Braves getting set to open up the uh, first of a four-game series with the Washington Nationals. But once again, our thanks, guys, to Bob Pockers for stopping by and chatting with us, Brooks. Yeah, first time we've had him on the program, as Ryan has said, uh, Everyone around the office, when we're following NASCAR, we kind of check his Twitter. I know Ryan religiously looks at his uh, his Twitter page every single day to check up what's happening in the NASCAR world. So smart, uh, such such a really uh, intelligent guy when it comes to NASCAR. It, it it's amazing how you can latch into a sport like he was saying he went his first nascar race was 1992 daytona 500 when he started covering it for the paper he was writing for and now he's the guy for nascar making the connection that's 30 years yeah uh this is year 30 for bob so that was a great question i thought jj asked about how much it's changed because you know this thing about nascar is what bob was talking about is that it used to be so regional and part of nascar's operations and their goal these last two decades has to get it in the big cities in the midwest and out west um been going to sonoma for a while it used to be called sears point uh, but going to auto club now in fontana and that track's only been around 20 25 years to my knowledge uh that they they have abandoned it now but they went to chicagoland for a long time that track was built around the turn of the century um and now they're talking about doing a street race in Chicago to make up for not going to Chicagoland anymore because they've kind of they kind of overdid the oval aspect of it um, because when you think about open wheel vehicles, the Formula One for the global fans of the sport, and then IndyCar, the American version of it, you know they have ovals, but they really mainly do road courses and street courses. F1, I, F1, to my knowledge, I don't know if they do a single 
oval. But, no, I, but, I think it's all road street right. courses and road courses. But at least, but IndyCar does do a few ovals. I know they obviously do the famous uh, Indianapolis 500. Uh, I think they run at Texas every year, maybe one or two others. But open wheel cars are typically road course and street course races, and so NASCAR kind of differentiates itself. Obviously, it's you know not open wheel. It's it's uh, a stock car and uh, has very very key differences to the vehicle, but. They really went hard on ovals, and they have all kinds of ovals. They have ovals where you draft. They have ovals where that are very short. They have ovals that are a mile and a half and are about the handling of the car. But they kind of, it seemed, overdid that, and that's where the sport got criticized for being, you know, left turn, left turn, as people so eloquently say. Um, but they've now started to pivot to, all right, we're going to keep plenty of our ovals because we still have some great ovals but we need to find some more road courses we need to find a few more races that are a little bit different and so along with changing some ovals up making atlanta now a drafting track they uh, and you know making bristol a dirt race once a year they're now looking at like i said a street course in chicago they have a course in chicago that's a mile and a half oval they like the idea of running in Chicago, but now the, the rumor mill is that they might have a street race there in a couple of years. And they, about 15 years ago, they only ran two road courses. I know them by heart. It was at that time called Infineon. It's what it's now known as Sonoma, what used to be Sears Point. They ran Infineon. They ran Watkins Glen, which is in New York. That was it for a long time. Those were the only two road courses. And... Then they added about, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, maybe, the Charlotte Roval. So taking that oval and using the infield part of Charlotte Motor Speedway, which is home to a lot of race teams in that area. And so making the second Charlotte race a, a, a road course. And now, so it was three road courses for a few years. Now, this year, on the schedule, six. We've doubled it. You have those three tracks that I just mentioned. You also have Circuit of the Americas, which is in Texas. It's a very long road course. You have Road America, another uh, long road course. That's in Elkhart, Wisconsin. And then you have a situation which I don't like as much, but Indianapolis race is now uh, an Indy road course. Uh, I'd really wish they'd still do the oval there. Maybe you could do two races there. I don't know. Yeah. Do one o one oval, one roval. Um, but nevertheless, that's now a road course. So you have at least six road courses on the schedule to try and diversify the product a little bit because they have tried to make it a a national sport. And even despite the gains, you know, everyone's talking about growth in the U.S. for F1 viewership. NASCAR still is the top viewership, and it's still by by a half a million people uh most races so it, it f1 is not there but nascar has not grown in a long time because once they did grow the sport in the early 2000s um and went to all these tracks they then started to see regression here over the last decade as some of those stars that people coalesced around the late 90s early 2000s they retired and got out of sport and that sort of thing. So, and the racing got stale for some. So, anyway, that's a long spiel, but 
um, NASCAR is way different than what Bob saw it as in 1992. So I thought that was a uh, tremendous question. Yeah, and his first race to go to as a reporter, right? Like like he said, his Indianapolis roots, but had never been to one as a fan before. I've never been to a race. Brooks, you have. Yep. Ryan, you have. And uh, But for his first one to be as a reporter, man, I, I'm sure things have been a little bit different. And uh, props to him for highlighting the fact that it has been uh, two decades, 20-plus years since uh, we have had a death in automobile racing at the NASCAR level, at yeah. your Cup Series, at your highest and, level. And like you said, as, as soon as that happened uh, with Dale Earnhardt, uh, NASCAR stepped up and they say, hey, we got to make this better. And you've seen so many improvements. It seems like almost every year now, before the season gets started, you see Bob Pockers tweeting about X new safety feature that they're putting into the car, putting at the track. Uh, I know, I think it was this weekend, uh, someone, it may have been... Uh, uh, Bob Pockers himself was pointing out uh, about the safer barrier um, and how much that has evolved over the years and has has built up and really, really uh, improved the safety of NASCAR races, especially at tracks like in Atlanta or at Talladega where you're going so quick and you just get a little bit loose and you hit that wall and it, it if you hit it, you know, if you hit just the bare brick wall, it, it may do a lot more damage than, than it does when you hit that, uh, that safer barrier. But just it, it seems every single year that they continue to, to make the sport safer. And, you know, that's with any sport now. It seems like every single year you get, you know, stuff that comes out that makes the sport safer. But with NASCAR, definitely as soon as, you know, that year that uh, Dale Earnhardt tragically passed away, it was – We've got to make this uh, say we got to make this safer, and they went out and got experts from outside the sport and made it immensely safer. Safer almost immediately. I mean, if you go, even if you're you know at Talladega, if you go up to Talladega, they've got the International Racing Hall of Fame. If you go there, you can look in some of those older cars. You're like, oh, I wouldn't get into that and go hurling myself 200 miles sure. an hour because it's just you know it's like the seat belt you have in your own car. And it, yeah. you know, if you're if I'm hurtling down a track at 200 miles an hour, this is not going to keep me safe. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine. If you would like to call in to be a part of our program while we're having this discussion to open up hour number two, it's fitting that we're able to seamlessly transition into this on Sports Call today. Let's unveil for you our newest Sports Call Player of the Week. Sports Call's Player of the Week. NASCAR star Chase Elliott is Sports Call's Player of the Week, brought to you by Eric McDade State Farm. The Georgia native got his first career win on what he calls his home track in Atlanta this week, winning the Quaker State 400 and winning every stage. With this win, he becomes just the second Georgia-born racer to win in Atlanta, with the only other being his father, Bill. I've witnessed guys win at their home track, and you can tell it meant a lot to them, Elliott said, but until you start competing at the sport's highest stage, you don't truly understand what it can mean for you. To have this moment is so special and one I'm grateful for. Chase Elliott is Sports Call's Player of the Week. Gotta love it. Chase Elliott indeed is our Sports Call Player of the Week presented by Eric McDade State Farm. Make sure you visit, speaking of racing, drivewitheric.com for all of your insurance needs. I love Chase Elliott. He's my uh, my favorite driver. Uh, thanks to my pal Ryan LaVoy. And yeah. He's a Braves fan, and he's just an all-around he's a cool Georgia fella. Guy. He's a Georgia guy. Uh, he's awesome, and uh, he had a, a big win on Sunday. He's our player of the week. I mean, yeah, you could feel how important that race was to him, and the NBC coverage uh, had Rutledge Wood in the Dawsonville pool room. Uh, he's from Dawsonville, like his father Bill, 
and they always sound a siren when he wins a race, and they call it not a siren, a siren. And they don't care what time of day it is, they're going to sound that because there was a, a race that, due to rain, finished at like 11 o'clock at night a few weeks ago in Nashville, and they woke everybody up in the in the little town, and they and they rang that puppy at 11 p.m. It didn't matter. So um, they take great pride in Chase, and that, uh, and certainly him him being able to win the the race that's closest to home for him. Uh, was a big deal. And, and by the way, you know, on the final restart three laps to go, he restarted fourth. He had to make two really, uh, really epped passes to get to the lead. And then he threw a block and Corey LaJoy wrecked because of it. It was a, a, a fine block. Even Corey LaJoy said it would have done the same thing. It was a fair block. But he had to not only go grab the lead, he had to defend the lead there. And so he, all in a matter of three laps. So, uh, Chase ran a fabulous race. He, he won every stage, as Brant said, and um, you know he, he had a uh, had a great race in Atlanta, and that's why I asked the question because he's the first driver to three wins this season as well. So uh, Chase has led the points for a while. He's had a really good year. I love him, Brooks. <laughs> yeah. or, uh, how do you feel? About I love Chase Elliott. I mean, he, he's a <laughs> he's a great guy, you know. Um, He's had a great year, and uh, he's on track to uh, win the regular season championship uh, for NASCAR, heading into a prime spot into the playoffs here in a couple weeks. I say a couple weeks. It's more like a month away, but um, or two months away. Six, no, six, six, six weeks. weeks. Not six months. Six, no. six, six months weeks. away. Six more races. Yep. Six more races. Six weeks. month and a half, really. Um, but great, se- great season so far. Uh, great win on Sunday. And look to follow that up with the, uh, another win this week at the at New Hampshire this weekend. Should be fun racing up there. Um, Sunday Sunday afternoon, right? Yes. They don't do a night race at yep. New Hampshire. Nope. But, um, yeah, Chase Elliott. I tried to go. Last year, me and uh, Grace went to North Georgia. And I tried to convince her to let us drive through Dawsonville on the way back. But it's not really directly in, you know, coming back. And she's like, well, maybe not. Maybe <laughs> not. Uh, I'll, I'll try to do it, though. I'll, I'll try to get through there. Yeah, no, I definitely uh, what uh, um, that's a must-see for an for a Elliott fan is a, uh, a trip around Dawsonville. Dawsonville's a very small town. They've got the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame there. They do. Um, they Like I said, they care – they care immensely about it, uh, for sure, and again, that's why it meant a lot. You know, people have in air quotes home track, and I get that Atlanta is not, you know, right beside Dawsonville or, or vice versa, really. But um, you know, it's still the track that is in his home state. It's the only track in his home state, and you could tell it meant a lot for him to win it because every Elliott or even NASCAR fan is aware of whenever Chase went to Atlanta, would this be the time he did what his father did? So. It definitely, uh, it definitely meant a lot to him. And uh, admittedly, I think you could tell that the sport and NBC was very excited that he did win because they had spent, you know, gone to the trouble of sending Rutledge up to Dawsonville and reported from there the entire race. So it kind of was storybook for how NBC covered it. I guess I say NBC, but USA is is who what the channel was on its own by NBC. Uh, they would normally have the races on NBC Sports Network if it did not die last year. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, uh, great for Chase, and he's been running really well, really well recently. Big fan of uh, Mr. Chase Elliott, and 
deserving of our Sports Call Player of the Week honors. Once again, brought to you by our pal Eric McDade, State Farm. Be sure to visit drivewitheric.com for all of your insurance needs. All right, quick timeout. Let's talk football. We do that after this break here on Sports Call. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger Welcome to the program. It's Sports Call WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson here inside the studio with Brooks Childress, Ryan Lavoy, and Brant Daughtry. All right, here it is. It's time to kind of shift gears. We're going to talk a little football. And, uh, fellas, we had Jared Dillard here with us earlier in the week on Tuesday, and I'm sure he'll be back in uh, in just a few moments at some point. And, and we are now going to change from the quarterback conversation that we had to running backs as we get set to talk about running backs ESPN once again ranked their top 10 running backs for this upcoming football season they surveyed over 50 owners coaches scouts executives players for all these position groups for this upcoming season and now we're going to jump into this had a lot of fun talking about the quarterback lists that was put out Deshaun Watson at nine had some folks talking, a lot of people high on Josh Allen at three. Uh, look, now it's time to talk running backs, so let's get right to it. This is a big position. It's a big position. There are a lot of really skilled running backs that we've got the list in front of us, but uh, when you sit there and you think about it, as I'm looking at the list, I'm like, oh yeah, there are just so many guys that you could have choose, chosen uh, to be in this top ten, guys. Yeah, really. I'm looking at this list and I'm going, man, I, I don't know if I... You know, it's there's such a large clump towards the top where there's there's none of these guys truly can separate themselves. I mean, it, I think uh, just to kind of bury the lead here, Derrick Henry is number one, and I agree with that. But you can also make arguments for a lot of the other guys on this list, like Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I think Saquon Barkley uh, is is top top five when he's healthy. Um, Nick Chubb has games where he'll just absolutely blow up. So it's a weird position because. These guys don't always get to show off how good they are, but when they can, they're absolute game changers. And I, I think the the upper echelon is so tight that it's tough to really get a definitive top ten. I think the top two are correct because 
I, I, I'm looking at this list, and I'm like, I, I'm struggling way more to have strong opinions about than Same. I do the quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. And that's because quarterbacks impact winning more than running backs. Yeah. But the top two guys impact winning a lot. Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor absolutely were the reasons their teams did what they did last year. Uh, or, or I guess even Henry for the year before that, mainly with his 2,000-yard season. Um, but So I'm good with those two. After that, I just think there's a lot of running backs that like you, you need to tell me the circumstances, like – you know, who their quarterback is. Are they healthy? What year do you want to pick from? Are we talking about their perform- projected performance this coming year or at the peak of their powers, what they're able to do? Because you mentioned Saquon Barkley, Brant, and he's not even in this top 10 for this right. list. But I agree that, like, if he were to be healthy, like, I would expect top five or six production from him or at least the potential for that. I mean, like, the raw talent is absolutely there. Um, Christian McCaffrey at seven. Like, if this dude is healthy, there's not a thing that he can't do. Yeah, he's he's, a, he's ex- a top four. Yeah, I think he's a, when he's totally healthy. Excellent rush for the football, obviously, but what he does in the passing game is tremendous as well. And, and how many catches he's able to make, and just everything that goes into playing the position, he does it as well as anybody. He got a huge contract for it, but he's been very injured the last couple of years. So I guess I don't even know. I feel like you have to have your own personal what does this mean to you? Does this mean the top ten running backs, you know, what kind of seasons they'll have? And I think we established earlier this week with the quarterbacks, I think we established just the next game. If I have a game tomorrow, assuming health is there, what do I what do I want? Right. What are the what are the guy how do the guys rank out that I want? And then I think if you operate under that assumption Saquon Barkley's got to be in the top 10. Christian McCaffrey might be another spot or two up. Um, but the reality is is that the reason guys like Cook and, and Mixon are, are higher than McCaffrey and Barkley is they've just been available these last yep. couple of years, and they've been able to put up robust numbers, and Mixon was on a team that went to the Super Bowl, and while Burrow and, and Jamar Chase got a lot of credit for it, Joe Mixon was damn good too. So, you know, like – I'm not as passionate about this one, not because I don't like talking about these guys, but just simply like I don't think that there are many wrong answers here, and I just think that it's so subjective on like who is going to be available and what you're looking at. You're running back, you know. Some teams, some teams would rather have a you know Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor, someone you can get the ball to 35 times, mm-hmm. but some teams would would flat out just rather have someone like Kamara or Mixon or McCaffrey. Because they want their running backs involved in the passing game. You can more. do mu- you can do more with them. They expand your playbook if you have a guy like that. So I I mean yeah I, I am uh what what about you Jared I mean do you have any uh any strong I I, I okay I know you have one strong opinion and it revolves <laughs> around the, your favorite team in the NFL and and Jonathan Taylor but aside from that do you have any quells? Let me tell you why Jonathan Taylor deserves to be number one on this list. You're a Colts guy. I'm a Colts guy. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it. Your, your quarterback was Carson Wentz, and you were one one away from making it to the playoffs last year. Which says a lot, right? But yeah. Jonathan Taylor is – he doesn't have the, the strength of Derrick Henry, but that breakaway speed, yeah. I think the one clip – if you're going to watch a clip of Jonathan Taylor, the one clip you need to watch is against the New York Jets. This dude, 80-yard run out the gate. He saw daylight. You are not gonna catch him. In the shot out of a cannon. In, in the famous words of one of my favorite broadcasters, Gus Johnson, 
he got getting away from the cop speed. All right, this dude can fly. He's strong. He's athletic. If the, he will, he will break. I, I truly do believe. You want to give a hot take for today? Oh, I truly do believe. It's going to depend on the Matt Ryan situation because with Carson Wentz, you, you try not to throw right. too much. Yeah. Right. So they rely on the run game. So with Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan knows how to sling it. Right. He does. But on a good heavy running team, Jonathan Taylor can be a two thousand yard runner. At the, I think he can do it. And especially in a seventeen game season now, I yeah, I, I think he can easily eclipse two thousand yards. Um, the one that I, I'm hung up on, uh, aside from my Colts fandom, the one that I'm hung up on, and I hate to say it, but I think it comes down to, uh, I mean, are y'all looking at this as who is the best player or who is the best player because of their ability to be available? I think what we're looking at is everybody's healthy. You have to play a game tomorrow. Yeah, that's what's your top. 10. That's how I'd prefer to look at it at yeah. least. Eckler has to be in top 10 somewhere. I mean, that, that, that dude's yeah. electric. Well, I mean, again, you can say the same thing about any of these honorable mentions. The honorable mentions that they left out were Eckler, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and Saquon Barkley. And I think, again, if those guys are fully healthy, you can make the argument that those guys can win you games by themselves. You know, and But you can say that about any of these guys, that any of them is a threat to go off for 200 yards in a game. Just from, just from a, just, you know, Having a little bit of fun. If, if, if it was, you know, injuries on the table too, I'd probably take out Christian McCaffrey. He's got to be oh, able yeah. to play. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, that, that's, just how, it, that's just how it is, right? No, um, he he has been slapped with the label of injury prone at this point in his career because he's missed the, the most of the last two seasons. Been an issue at times for Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley as well. What we have yet to do, let's help people out. If you're listening to it, you're like, wait a minute, what is the list? What are these guys? Again, ESPN ranked the top 10 running backs based on surveys from over 50 NFL owners, executive scouts, coaches, and players. Number one, Derrick Henry with the Tennessee Titans. Number two, Jonathan Taylor with the Indianapolis Colts. Number three, Nick Chubb, a name we have not mentioned at all with the Cleveland Browns. Number four, Dalvin Cook with the Minnesota Vikings. Number five, Alvin Kamara with the New Orleans Saints. Six, Joe Mixon with the Cincinnati Bengals. Seven, Christian McCaffrey with the Carolina Panthers. Eight, Najee Harris with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nine, Aaron Jones with the Green Bay Packers. Ten, Javante Williams with the Denver Broncos. And then honorable mentions by this survey, Austin Eckler with the Chargers. Ezekiel Elliott with the Cowboys. Saquon Barkley with the Giants. Let's keep this conversation going. We have yet to highlight anybody three through six in that list. And also, you know, eight through ten. There are a couple of these top ten games that were listed. Let's talk about why they're there and what they mean for their teams going into this next season. You want to start three through six? Yeah, someone, someone pick somebody that they like, that they want to highlight, that they think uh, deserves a lot of love. Um, I love Dalvin Cook. He, he reminds me a lot of another Florida State running back, Devontae Freeman, but he's been doing it for longer. He has much more success uh, from a sustained success than uh, Devontae Freeman did, but kind of a, a smaller guy, um, but like really good speed. He's compact. He's stronger than he looks. Uh, it just, you know, he's he's tough to bring down, and he's really, really fast. And I mean, that's two very important qualities for a running back to have. I really like watching Dalvin Cook. Um, I, I guess I'll highlight, um, I'll go Mixon because I think that, um, you know, his ability to 
receive the football too has been yeah uh, a little surprising to me how important that's been and and, and how um, how dynamic he's been there uh, for those that just to list out everybody Derrick Henry's number one Jonathan Taylor two Nick Chubb three Dalvin Cook four Alvin Kamara five. Joe Mixon, 6, Christian McCaffrey, 7, Najee Harris, 8, Aaron Jones, 9, Javante Williams, 10, and Austin Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley um, are the honorable mentions of 13 running backs there. Um, and, I, and I would just add that, you know, I think, you know, Javante Williams would probably be the guy you would take out. I think Denver didn't use him enough last year. Mm. I, I, I would like to see him used – uh, less in conjunction with Melvin Gordon and just more as just like the dude because I think they need, needed to use him more. Um, Eckler's a really good pass catcher. Uh, as a pure runner, I don't think he's above really any of these guys, but what he brings to the table uh, out of the backfield as a, as a catcher, again, it's somebody that if you're looking for a run first running back, he probably doesn't crack their top ten. But if you're looking, if you're an offense where you really want to involve the running back, then he might rank as high as fifth or sixth for people because he is one of the best, if not the best, pass catchers. I mean, again, with McCaffrey being out for for so long here, you know, Eckler's right up there with, with pass catching out of the running back position. For me, I will highlight Alvin Kamara, not for anything he did on the field, but for the sole fact this dude got arrested after the Pro Bowl. Which amazing story, right? Yeah. Which I had that's to. Re- a, that's I, a pro move. I, I had to. I had to remember. Well, Alvin Kamara did something, right? After he, so the story is they were at a nightclub. This dude tried to get on the elevator, and Kamara stopped him. Dude was like, "Get off me, bro!" And then he got whooped by Kamara and his 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 his, his posse. And then this dude Kamara. Goes the next day to the Pro Bowl, plays, steps off the field, and there's police waiting on him. Hey, you do this? I might have. And then he got booked. So Kamara is looking at a possible six-game suspension from the NFL. That has not dropped yet along with all the Deshaun Watson stuff, which I know people are, are keeping a look on. But, you know, Alvin Kamara, number four, number five on this list. And uh, if you're playing fantasy – you may want to pick him up later, stash him away. He's a good running back. That's pretty much all the, 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 the valuable intel I can give you on Alvin Kamara is just do not get on an elevator with him. Do not get on an elevator with the running backs in general. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think about Najee Harris? Because I, I think Najee Harris is a really good running back. I like him a lot. I just don't know if I saw enough from him in Pittsburgh last year to make me put him in the top ten. He's good, and I think he has the ability to be a top ten running back. I just don't know if he's there yet for me. Um, so again, another guy that is really complete. Uh, when I yeah. think of Najee, I know that um, you know he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, I, I'm trying to think like, you know, I still have like if the guy's right behind him, he was number eight, right? Right. Um, I, I'd still have him over Javante Williams. Um. You know, I mean, he did rush. I'm just looking looking it up right here. He did run for 1,200 yards last year uh, as a rookie. You know, Aaron Jones is interesting. I, I could make an argument for Aaron Jones over Najee Harris. But, again, some of this is situational. Big Ben was not scaring anybody last year no, with Pittsburgh. Not at and, he, all. and Najee still put up that kind of numbers, whereas Aaron Jones 
who's clearly a really good running back, does have Aaron Rodgers to where, you know, you can't just crash in um, on the run. I mean, you're going to have to play everything with Green Bay. You know, I, I think he's fine in the top ten because I, I wouldn't make a passionate argument for anyone other than Saquon. But, again, you know, Saquon's just not been healthy yeah. these last couple of years. As, as great as he was as a rookie, um, you know, I think Ezekiel Elliott, we've, we've not talked about him. This is a guy two or three years ago. You know, he has played for the most part. But but his issue is just, you know, he's getting worn down pretty quickly here. Um, and, and that's just what happens with running backs sometimes. Two or three years ago, he's absolutely still one of the top running backs in the league. But he's just taking so many carries and hits that after seven or eight years here, he's just declining now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm going with Najee in the top ten. You know, another conversation that would be really interesting is ranking these guys. Like if you were drafting a running back for your franchise and we were not thinking – one game we were thinking you know just for the franchise as a whole for 10 seasons you know that would shake things up a lot because then someone like Najee Harris uh, Javante Williams would rocket up the list because they've only played one year whereas some of these other guys like Derek Henry is gonna have another year or two but then he might break down yeah. after that you, you got to wonder how long can 64230 collision magnet right. dominate in the NFL right um you know someone like uh you know cook gets a lot of carries from Minnesota that's a team that um uh, understands who their quarterback is at times and tries to run the ball a good bit um we already know McCaffrey's older and injured um so so you know some of these guys would really get great value. Jonathan Taylor would probably be the number one pick because he is younger and yeah. also this this damn good already. Uh, but but running back is tricky because Saquon Barkley was younger and awesome, and then it, it just went it takes just one, like that. It so, takes one injury to, to yeah. start the derailing of a running back's career. Before we go to our, the last break of the hour, I want to uh, – I apologize if anybody's made these points. I, I was half listening because I was uh, dealing with some other things back here. Um, two two big stories that I want to I take away from looking at that running backs list is I really like Dalvin Cook on there because I feel like if he's got a really good year and we don't know what's going to happen with Green Bay this year offensively, Minnesota could be a dark horse to win that NFC North. And then two, speaking of Green Bay, I think we're going to see you know I, I think he deserves to be on the list, Aaron Jones, but we're going to see how much if he needs to rise any more on there. Because who was Aaron Rodgers throwing to this year? Devontae Adams. Um, no. D- D- default people. Devontae Adams is no longer a Packer. I thought you said he was throwing to last year. No, I'm, this year. Who is, oh, who yeah, is Aaron no. Rodgers throwing Raider, to this year? Yeah. I, thought, I, swore, I thought you said last year. No. Who, who's he throwing to this year? C- can anybody name one Packers wide receiver right now? Uh, do they still have Valdez Scantling? Do they? Mm. <laughs> do they? Maybe. I don't know. All right. Um, it's not like the Packers roster. But I think don't go anywhere. Th- they had Randall Cobb back last year but Cobb was older so I don't know if I didn't keep up with their wide receiver transactions probably should have given that they did lose or they did trade Devontae Adams but you you look at that Green Bay offense you I don't know who who Aaron Rodgers is going to throw to so they're going to be relying a little bit on Aaron Jones and if if he's got a if they are if that offense is successful this year one it's either going to be Aaron Jones is doing a lot more work than he has in the past or Aaron Rodgers has done something he really hasn't done in a while in his career. That's trust young wide receivers. Oh, my God. Oh, these wide receivers. I only know one. I know two. I know two of them. Give us the names. Yeah. What does what their roster or their wide receiver depth look like? 
All right. Randall Cobb okay. is the most senior wide receiver on that list. After Randall Cobb, you have Danny Davis III, Romero Dubs, Rico Ooh. Gafford, Alan Lazard. That's the second yeah, person Lazard I had. Yeah, Lazard was here last year, yeah. Amari uh, Rogers, Malik Taylor, and Samori Toure. Oh, and Anthony Turner. Oh, Christian Watson, Jawan Winfrey, and here's a third name that I know, but it depends if he's good or not. Sammy Watkins is on really? his way to the Packers. Um, wow. Our R&D division uh, that has stepped out of the studio, i.e. J.J. Jackson, t- uh, texted me and said Valdez Scantling went to Kansas City. That's right. Oh, so they probably just traded Sammy Watkins for Valdez so, Scantling. So I think Aaron Jones could make a really big push to move up this list this year. To play wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. To play you got to have receiver, somebody. A receiving back. Uh, move up the list quite a bit this year if Green Bay has a really big offensive Just year and he, him, he him and Cordero up. Patterson. Break time. We got a few minutes left. We'll take a, one more break in the hour. Ryan's looking at me funny because I said break time weird. Break time. We'll be back with more sports call after this. More running back talk. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger Back on Sports Call on a Thursday afternoon. I am Brooks Childress. Ryan LaVoy has vacated the studio. We keep dropping people because now it's just me, Brant, and Jared. They well, hate us. If this was Hunger Games, it would be down to me and you. And then I would I would snuggle you. To Are me. you saying that we would eliminate Brant? He'd probably be the first one to go, actually. So it's not no. accurate, I'm a survivor. He's from I'm a Georgia. survivor. Okay, well. I'm a survivor. Don't mess with the middle Georgia people. We're crazy. Oh, the our us Alabama people, we bred differently. If you know what I'm saying, yeehaw, roll tide. I think I know I'm from exact- Virginia. I don't know what I'm talking. I about. think I, I know exactly what you're saying, and I think it's very funny. It ain't illegal. You're here. I don't think you're from here. I'm I am from Chesapeake, Virginia. You're right. Thurs- Thursday sports call rolls on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger Communications app website, thetiger.fm is where you can find us streaming on the Tiger. 95.9 page as well as the sports call page this afternoon. Thanks for making us a part of your afternoon wherever you are taking us in. We've been talking about NFL running backs. ESPN published their top 10 list plus a couple honorable mentions on their website on ESPN Plus when they interview 50 NFL scouts, coaches, executives. They do this every single year. They put out a, a list. We did the quarterbacks a couple days ago. We're doing the running backs right now. What are they going to do a bottom 10? Give us the See, real the, information. The ten worst starters in the NFL. Yes, I don't know if they would want to do that. They, they definitely will not. Well, yes, if, if, they, want, if they want clicks, somebody will. Say, I'll do it. The, the NFL executives won't do. Won't won't participate. In no. That list. Maybe ESPN writers would. Yeah. Anyway. What, what if they're just like we pulled every player in the NFL? Here are the ten well, worst players I, in I the guess, NFL. Who didn't get votes? 
at all. That's true. That's true. Just publish that list. I was gonna say, isn't that kind of like the the NFL Network does like the best one hundred every year? Like yeah. they do the like that, what it, that's what basically if, it. In a league like, of, if you don't make that list, it's like oh, you kind of you're not as good as the rest of us. Yeah. The, well, the thing about the top one hundred list is like it doesn't make any sense because one year JJ Watt missed the entire season and was like number fifty six, and yeah. even he himself was just like, "This is stupid. Why are we doing this?" Oh well, you know. It's off season. So, it is the off season. So God blesses at the off season. We've talked about the list so far. And we've looked at it. We've discussed it. I want to know what you guys looking at that list, and it could be one of the honorable mention. You can mention one of those guys. Who do you think was left off the list that should be on there, like in that top ten? It could. You could say one of those honorable mention guys. You could say someone else in the league. I, I, know, I'm trying think? to think of like guys oh, you got, you got that might me. be in there. I. My first Parsh- thought, partial bias, but I mean Cordero Patterson gives you a lot. I'm I'm not going to say that he's one of the top ten running back in the running, excuse me, running backs in the NFL, but he did so much for Atlanta last year. Like he he won games because of everything he could do for Atlanta last year, and you know I, I think if he can continue to do that, you might see him climb up the rankings a little bit. Again, I'm not making an argument for him over a lot of these other guys because I would have some of the younger guys, but I'm you know I'm just sitting here thinking and maybe. The the first thing that popped into my head that was not on this list that maybe should be, but you never know because he didn't have a great time in Jacksonville, but has kind of resurged in Tampa is Leonard Fournette. Yeah, that's not a bad one. I was uh, I pulled up Pro Football Focus, which I know people have uh, opinions on Pro Football Focus, um, but they have ranked the starting NFL running backs and put them in different tiers as well. Tier one, number one. I like this list already. It's Jonathan Taylor. It's Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Very and, cool. And, hey, look, it's a run against the New England Patriots on here. Oh, uh, Take that, Brooks. Uh, and then number two is Nick Chubb. Never forget the fake punt. Oh, we don't talk about that. Uh, never. Uh, and then number two is Nick Chubb. Those are the only two in the elite category. You see, I, I just... But the other category is tier two. Elite went at full strength but slowed by injuries. Christian McCaffrey. Number three, Derrick Henry. Okay. Has Derrick Henry been hurt? He got hurt this past year. That's why he was yeah. gone. He, he was gone until yeah. the playoffs. Oh, did he? Yeah. I I, do, I have no memory of that. I just want to point football out, season was so long ago. I just want yeah. to point out that two the two um, on the ESPN list and then this list, two of the top three running backs are from the AFC South. Yeah, it's, yeah. Da- it's dangerous. And then t- Houston's there. And then, and then Houston has. It, Anybody? They've got Houston, Burkhead. Houston's just kind of like, yeah, we are playing football, but we're really not sure how serious we are about it. And J- the Jaguars are kind of just screaming for help. Number four, Christian Sell the McC- team. Number four, Christian McCaffrey. Number five, Dalvin Cook. Number six, Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Tier three. I'll agree with that. These are just good starters. Aaron Jones, Green Bay Packers. Austin Eckler. Number he's number eight on this list. L.A. Chargers. Number nine, Joe Mixon from the Bengals. Tier four, ex- elusive running backs on rookie deals. So number ten is Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. Number eleven, Josh Jacobs is a name I didn't consider, but you you could put him in that honorable mention tier. I think. Number eleven, Najee Harris, Pittsburgh Steelers. Number twelve, Javante Williams, Denver Broncos. Tier five, can they bounce back from injury? Number thirteen, Saquon Barkley. Number fourteen, Chris Carson, Seattle Seahawks. Number 15, Ezekiel Elliott, Dallas Cowboys. Tier 6, solid starters, James Conner, Arizona Cardinals. Number 17, Damian Harris of Brooks' New England Patriots. Number 18, Miles Sanders of the Eagles. 
Number 19, David Montgomery of those Da Bears. And da Bears. Number 20, Devin Singleton of the Buffalo Bills. Honorable mention or honorable uh, non-starter mentions, Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys, Kareem Hunt of the Cleveland Browns, and A.J. Dillon of the Green Bay Packers. Carson with the um, with the Seahawks is going to be very interesting this year because of what you what it looks like they could be doing with Seattle, and it's it's like they don't want to commit to what, a full losing? rebuild. They don't want to commit to a full rebuild, but they're just like, hey, we've got um, uh, what's the quarterback's name? Drew Lock. Drew Lock. We've got Drew Lock here. Run the ball. We're gonna have. It. But they've yeah. got they've got some good offensive weapons. They've got some good they wide do. receivers. They do. Anything would be interesting if they just got, you know, if if they got a better quarterback in there before the end of the season or before the season started, if you went and traded for someone, maybe if you traded for a, a Jimmy Garoppolo, because it looks like San Francisco is going to go with, um, what's his name? Uh, almost said Justin Fields, but I, he's in Chicago. I know who you're talking about. I can't Wait, think of Who are we name. talking about again? The, uh, the North Dakota State quarterback that's at San Francisco. Oh, uh, Trey Lance. Yeah, Trey Lance. it looks like they're going to go with Trey Lance this year as a quarterback. But Trey Burkhead. <laughs> if, you, if if Seattle could go and get a Rex guy Burkhead. like Jimmy Garoppolo with that offensive, like with some of their weapons that they've I'm got. I'm surprised Garoppolo hasn't been moved yet. Yeah, that's shocking to me. And I don't know. And it's, yeah. it, we're just kind of in this state is, of perpetual, is, is, well, when is he going to go Is somewhere? Seattle really about to roll with Geno Smith, at quarterback? That, that's what's about yeah, to happen. Drew Lock. It's Drew, Drew Lock. Um, Which is better than Geno Smith, yeah, not by that much. Are, we, are they really about to roll with Drew Locke at quarterback? That's, that's hey, man, he was question. wrapping all of Lose Yourself on the sideline last year. NFL running backs is what we've been talking about. <laughs> really want to get your Drew phone Locke. calls, 334-887-34. Locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. You want to get your calls in, let us know what you're thinking about. If you, you want to change the subject, you can. You want to know what I'm thinking about? Phone calls are, phone lines are open. JJ and Ryan are gone. It's Brant, Brooks, and Jared. And I'm not the even three, on payroll. Yeah, you're not even on payroll. So, like, the three goofiest people to ever be on this show uh, are on. all currently on this show. Goofy in a good way. He's goofy looking. Ow. I'm Brooks, goofy Brooks, funny. And Brooks is goofy. You're goofy. I'm goofy in a funny way. And we'll see how all that funny. turns out in the third hour right after this break. Right, well, you listen to Sports Call. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call on a Thursday. Starting right now, I'm Brooks Shoulders, joining the studio by Brant Daughtry and our good friend, coach of the Thunder Chickens. Jared Dillard. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Yeah, coach of the Thunder Chickens. Don't introduce me like that. Too late. Already done it. 
Continue your Abby skill. Abby Award winning coach of the Thunder Chickens. What did I win? Didn't you say you won an Abby? I don't think Jared's won an Abby. I have not yeah. won an Abby. No. He's won no. national awards. Oh, well, that's with, even yeah. better. With award people. a national award. What's the name of the award you won? All of them. Uh, I was the 2020 Intercollegiate Broadcasting System Sports Director of the Year. Wow. Is there a shorter name? That I can remember. Uh, IBS, but that has a funny nah. connotation. Nah. <laughs> that's, that's why I said intercollegiate broadcasting system. All right. And also, well, Auburn High School was named the 2022 intercollegiate broadcasting system high school TV production program of the year. Intercollegiate high school? Intercollegiate yeah. broadcasting system. How did high school TV production. Okay, so the intercollegiate year. broadcasting system is the organization. Group. Yes. That they had a high the school. Bro- they had a high school okay. area. Yes. They, okay. they and should have done better. I got rings. Where's your rings at, Brant? Where's my rings? I don't know. I, I was never That's what I thought. Mine's sitting on my dresser. Yeah, your runner-up, haha, we won the SEC championship ring, and then... No, the SEC West championship. It is a championship West championship ring, Jared. Put some respect on that. I'm sorry. I was at the 2013 SEC championship game. This was the 2017. Shout out to the Georgia Dome. This was the 2017 SEC championship. SEC West championship. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The SEC West championship rings that y'all got. That's right. After the collapse in Atlanta... There was a lot that went wrong in that game. That's right. And Before then the collapse against UCF. And yeah, the, the the UCF thing was kind of just a hangover from everything else that went down. Got a ring for it, though. That's that's what I'm... Uh, you I got have. to... Well, no, it's in Atlanta. I was about to say, well, you got to new, go to New Orleans, but that was the that year That was prior. the year before. I don't actually have rings. Wow. Lame. You, got, you got trophies, though, or certificates. Or do you have a plaque or at least a, like a, a – do you have something a, physical that's just your, like, your, I have this? Your students a, gave you a hearty pat on the back. There, you got an email. There's a there's a big poster on the wall. That's not that bad. That works. Uh, 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 continue what you're saying while I show Brent this photo of our wall. I Well, I was going to go uh, down the road of we're third hour sports call. You want to get your phone calls in, 334-887-341 locally. Toll free one triple eight nine tiger 9 to get on the Auburn Bank phone line to talk to us about – Anything and everything in the wide world of sports. Jared's showing us his banner on the wall. Oh, yeah. That's that's pretty sporty. Yeah. Now, did we make it a printer ourselves? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, it's, it, that looks very suspiciously mm-hmm. like the other Auburn High School mm-hmm. banners I've seen. I, was say, the, the, I don't think the NFL hands you Super Bowl banners. You make them yourself. So. Yeah. yeah. But they do give you, like, a trophy. Yeah. I mean, he's got an email. You should get an IBS trophy. The Atlanta Braves are starting a four-game series tonight in the nation's capital against the Washington Nationals. Kyle Wright taking the mound for the Braves. Going for his 12th win before the All-Star break. That's insane. Uh, 297 ERA, 103 strikeouts on the year. How many walks do they have? Uh, Don't have that on the quick line here. Is that more or less than Brant's? Probably. I mean, by factor that Brant has only pitched one game of the Thunder Chicken season, I think that... uh, Kyle Wright's going to have a few more. His his walks are more than mine. His walks per nine, definitely less than mine. So, like, incredibly less than mine. Um, looking at the, uh, the lineups tonight, um, there's two Atlanta Braves that have not faced Anibal Sanchez, and that is William Contreras and Michael Harris in the second. And that makes sense because Michael Harris more in the is, minor, a, is a rookie. Yeah, uh, but Anibal Sanchez going for the Nationals tonight. I believe this could Former be Former Brave, right? Um, yeah. Didn't he pitch for the Braves? Briefly. 
Yeah. Um, but I believe this is his first uh, appearance for the Nationals this year. Zero, zero, no ERA, no strikeouts. So this has to be his first uh, his first appearance in the Nationals this year for the Braves. Either that or he's a really Braves. good contact pitcher. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess so. Like the greatest contact pitcher of all time. But, yeah, Braves get four games set started. Brant, tonight, uh, big series going into the All-Star break. Absolutely it is. You know, you, you dropped two out of three to the Mets in, a, in what can only be described as a somewhat disappointing series. But you've got a chance to come back. You've got four games against the worst team in the division, a team that you just swept. You, you had three against them. You swept them, lost two out of three to the Mets. Now you've got a four-game stretch here where you can at least take three out of four, hopefully. And, you know, you're, you're getting a good start with Kyle Wright. Uh, and hopefully that – you know, all of it comes together, and you can take three out of four. And like I said earlier, once you have taken the first three, you can start thinking about a sweep. But uh, if you start thinking about sweeping before you've before you've won the series, then you know, just win tonight, win tomorrow. The, those those are the those are the big two things. What I I'll say this for a four game series, I typically like to say let's aim for a split. Once you have two, go for the win. If you have three and you have four, to, you have the fourth one to play, then you start thinking about sweeps. Kyle Wright going tonight, Ian Anderson going tomorrow night, Max Fried on Saturday, Spencer Strider will get the final start before the All-Star break on Sunday for the Braves. The Nationals have only announced a starter for tonight. Anibal Sanchez getting the start tonight. They will we'll know what their the rest of their starting rotation looks like over the weekend. Day by day, uh, probably after each game is done, we will know what the next uh, what the next week or the next night looks like for the Braves and the Nationals. As you said, Braves, you'd like for the Braves going into this All-Star break after losing two out of three to the Mets this week. Uh, with the Mets also going on the road to a struggling Chicago Cubs team, you'd like to at least win the series if you're the Braves. You'd really like to sweep this series because the, the Cubs are not not the greatest. Let's let's They're not. be blunt. They're not the greatest. But they can win some baseball games, and if they grab at least a game from the, the New York Mets and you – win three out of four or win four out of four, you put yourself in a good position where you're once again get a game back on the Mets and uh, be in a really good spot going into the All-Star break, coming out of it with another struggling team on the other side, the Los Angeles Angels, which, what you said earlier, Brant, uh, Trout, Otani, and then... A bag of chips. A bag of chips. That's basically... That's the, that's the, that's the Anaheim Angels, LA Angels, whatever they want to call themselves. Um, two generational talents being withered and wasted away. Um, I don't think the Braves. I'm, why would I? I don't know why I would look this up. Neither team has announced a starter for next Friday, uh, but we <laughs> don't need to. We don't need to look at that yet. But yeah, Braves Nationals get started tonight, six oh five, over on our sister station AM twelve thirty WAED. The Ford leadoff show with our good friend Kevin McAlpin is already underway over there. If you are looking for that, like I said, Kyle Wright ten and four on the year, uh, two ninety seven ERA, one hundred three strikeouts. For Kyle Wright, been pitching very, very well. Uh, two of these Nationals players have not seen Kyle Wright yet. Trace Berea and Alcides Escobar have never faced Kyle Wright. Everybody else uh, has faced him, you know, a handful of times. The guy that's seen him the most is Juan Soto, who's batting 286 against Kyle Wright. One home run, one RBI. I guess it was a solo home run for Juan Soto, but he has seen Kyle Wright the most. The other two, Victor Robles has seen him six times. Cesar Hernandez has also seen him six times. And Luis Garcia has seen Kyle Wright six times. Uh, 500 batting average for Robles. 
Cesar Hernandez, zero batting average, and Luis Garcia as a 333 batting average. So that is your matchup for tonight. Anibal Sanchez versus Kyle Wright. We'll have more talking, we'll talk more about that as we go along in the program. First, let's take our first break of our number three. When we come back, we've been talking about NFL running backs last hour. We're going to switch to another skill position on the offensive side of the ball. We're going to talk about some NFL wide receivers. When we come back right after this, you're listening to Sports Call. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Jeff Whitaker, Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Brooks Shoulders, joined by Brant Daughtry and Jared Dillard. Hello. Auburn High extraordinaire, Jared Dillard. You're right. Put some respect on my name. National champion. National champion. Thunder uh, Chicken's head coach. All right. All right. I need you to calm down with that. I want to give it a... Uh, you can't call me I that. I need you to take pride no, in your I, No, he can't call me that until his batting average is over 100. How about that? <laughs> That's not happening this year, Jared. So uh, My batting not. average is over 100. We're opting you down to single A. What's the worst city in Alabama? I'll get back to Tread you in a lightly. second. I'll get back to you in a second. I was like, op, but I've never been to op. I'm I just think the you. name is funny. How dare you. Op, I've never been to op. I don't, op, Alabama is a wonderful place. I've I never. Not have I know Justin Ferguson is from there, and it's the funniest name I've ever heard. I'm on the Google have, worst cities in Alabama. I will not have sl- op slander on this program. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not slandering op. want to give a shout out to the Alabama Sheriff's Youth Ranches Memorial Char- Children's Charity Golf Classic presented by Safety Net Honors, or presented by Safety Net will take place on August the 9th up at the RTJ Grand National in Opelika, benefiting the Alabama Sheriff's Youth Ranches. Registration for a four-team or a four-player team is $600. Winners will receive a spot in the Tournament of Champions for 2023. Additional prizes will be awarded for second and third place winning teams. Special prizes will be awarded for long drive, longest drive, and closest to the pin on par three holes. Hole-in-one prize opportunities will also be available. You can also sponsor holes if you've got a business. Sponsorships range from $100 for a whole sponsorship to $2,000 from platinum level. Get in contact with Pat Downing at 334-462-0432 or call the administrative offices 334-213-2071 or visit the website www.alysr.org. That is the Alabama Sheriff's Youth Ranches golf tournament coming up on august the 9th 2022 really love doing all the work we do with the alabama sheriff's girls ranch up in tallapoosa county we always do the uh, poker run 
Why are the city names in Georgia or in Alabama so funny? Uh, I don't know. I know a lot Good of them question. are like Native American heritage, but, but I, I I have a list of the worst cities in Alabama from MoneyInc.com. Give us the top five. The worst cities or the worst named cities? No, the worst cities oh, to live top in. Top five. Oh no. Tread lightly. I I'm I now once again these are the the this list does not reflect the people on this program this station <laughs> or me it does Jared me. Dillard I I it reflects me it reflects MoneyInc.com <laughs> it does right. not well, reflect if it, me if, if it reflects Brant Daughtry follow him on or go after him on Twitter at Brant underscore Daughtry good luck spelling either one of those B R A N T underscore D A U G H T R Y thank that yeah. attaboy attaboy number five your spelling's getting really good oh, thank you number five Mobile Mobile. Mobile. Wow. And it says I will not have two five one slander on this program. What's the area it, code for op? It, I think it may be nine one one. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mobile. It says in fairness, there are worse cities than Mobile in Alabama, especially according to this list. Mobile is actually safer than twenty percent of the other cities in the state. But considering that still gives you an eighteen to one chance of being the victim of a crime, and don't start calling the realtor yet. According to abilities.com, it also ranks as one of the worst places to live in the U.S. for people with disabilities. Op is a three three four. Oh, is it really? Same same as us. Yeah, three three four is pretty big. How dare you? I will not have two five one slander on this program. I'm just saying. That's the list. Number four. Number four. Fairfield, Alabama. According to L.com. Twenty-six percent of Fairhope, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure Fairhope is a very nice place. Twenty-six percent of the population of Fairfield live below the poverty line. Yikes! Yeah, don't like that. Number three, Pritchard, Alabama. I will not have two five one slander on this program. You will be okay. You're from Robertsdale, yeah. which most people don't even know exists. Yeah, we're on the way to the beach. <laughs> most people don't know you exist. You will be okay. I like how the city's claim to fame is just like. You will pass through us on your way to Panama. And Tim not Cook. Pan- not Panama. Panama it's, City. No. Well, no, no not Panama no, City. But like Gulf Shores. Gulf Shores. Okay. No, even okay. the ones. I will not have I'm thinking, I'm thinking of, I think, again, I, my, my, I have family who lives in Geneva. I know that Geneva is like 30 minutes away from Panama City. Ryan, hello? I will not have 251 slander on this program, either of you. I'm just trying to read the list. I'm, I'm past it. I'm, I'm done. I'm good. 251 is a quality place. Uh, it's not the 205, though. It is not the 205. By the Why? way, 478. <laughs> speaking baby. speaking, elite. Speaking no. of the elite the, products of the 478, shout out to uh, Tyler Fromm and Wesley Steiner. Speaking as well. of the 205, they come in at. They're on this list somewhere. 205 is a big, big area. Seven. Birmingham. They come in at seven on this list. Of the uh, worst places to live? Yes. Birmingham? Yes. Birmingham's a fantastic Well, well let me tell you the, re- the, the reasoning behind it. I right? love Birmingham. It says, Birmingham ranks as one of the worst cities in the U.S. for families. It's not great for anyone else either. It might be known as a magic city, but there's nothing magical about the crime stats. I They're talking have, about the city city. The, Probably at the outskirts of it. Can we can we go to the, the other? The, can I well, well, we get, need, the, we can get the number one? Two and one. Two and one. Pritchard's number three. Number two is Aniston. Number one, once again, these do not reflect the views of this station, Tiger 959. Brooks Childress, the host. Uh, br- uh, actually, like Brand, it does kind of reflect on it or me, it Jared Dillard, or Auburn High School. Number one is Bessemer. 
Bessemer. Yes, right, I'll give you that. Uh, it's just like abandoned steel mills or I've something. I've never been to Bessemer. Bessemer. So, Brooks, long All story I know is short, that Bo Jackson is from there. Long story short, the, the how we got on that list, we're going to opt you down to single A Bessemer to work on your batting average because sitting at a point oh seven seven. I'm not going <laughs> to. So good. So good luck sitting at steel mills, swinging at dirt balls or whatever they have over there still. <laughs> All right, gonna, Weezy, calm down. down. You get around, run around, run. Eh, gonna run down to Macadory. Macadory is yeah. Macadory is a good place. How dare you? That's it's not Mac, on the list. Macadory High School. Yeah. It's, Go that's Yellow in, Jackets. That's in Bessemer. Go right? Yellow Jackets. Oh uh, well. Is this where Bo Jackson? Bo Jackson went to, grew up in Bessemer, and he went to Macadory. I've watched the Thirty for Thirty. Right. I've read his book. I will not have. If you, don't, if you don't move on to his wide receiver list, nobody cares about gonna, the 251. No, I, need a com- I need a commercial break, and we're going to take a commercial break. <laughs> really? It's upset you that much? Yeah, I'm going to have to I'm gonna compose myself a little bit. When we come back, we will get to the you know, list that we were going to talk about. I'm going to the 251 next week. I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah, it is going to be great. But Robertsdale can suck my big toe. No. Jer- we'll be back. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Welcome back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Brooks Childress, joined by Brant Daughtry and Jared Dillard. Rolling along on a Thursday. want to say, want to give a shout out, Auburn University Credit Union, the Opelika Auburn News, and Tiger Communications have partnered to give you a chance to have dinner for four with Ooh. Auburn gymnast Ooh. Sophia Groff. Oh. All you have to do Sophie. is text Sophia. To 22828 to win dinner for four with Sophia Groff. Winner will be chosen on August the 1st. Now, is that dinner for four? She's one of the four or four people include? Four and then, people. I believe there her. I believe there will be four winners chosen in that contest. Mm-hmm. There, there's gonna be it's gonna be one winner. It is they one winner. Four, they, they will be paid for four. Okay. People at dinner so, okay. plus Sophia. So what you're saying is so, can could I win and then just all four of the meals go to me, <laughs> and then I just store it in my house. And just, just be like, <laughs> hey, I we're don't just. I think that's the intended purpose of the the contest. Who's gonna tell you oh. no? You're the winner. But yeah, I, I guess I have I, I have four, I have four guests: me, myself, and I, and me. I, I yeah, mean, I, yeah, sure, man. 
But yeah, text uh, AU Sophia, that's A U S O P H I A, to 22828 for your chance to win. Winner will be selected August 1st, and they will be notified on August the 2nd. Which restaurant? Uh, I don't know what the uh, it's uh, it'll be determined at that time after the winner's chosen. I think there's a couple different uh, options that you'll be able to choose from. I'm not uh not privy to that information. Okay. But uh yeah, great contest. Partnered with our friends over at the OA News and our friends at Auburn University Credit Union to bring you this contest. Get in on it today. Uh, we went over a very offensive list to me a minute ago, so we're going to go over a list that's not as offensive. Oh, it's still offensive. Well, it could be. Well, it's mainly offensive because there's no Patriots players on here, but they don't deserve to be because there's not a New England Patriots wide receiver. I was about to say, to I, who is the guy you traded away yesterday? Uh, Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry? Doesn't deserve to be in there. Uh, he would have been in a, a top 200 list, so don't worry about yeah, it. Nikhil Harry is one of the... One of my one of the players in the NFL. One of the yes, he is one of the players in the NFL. He's also one of the players on the Chicago Bears now. It's a Bears. It's a because I really liked him when we drafted him. Yeah. I watched him at Arizona State. I really really liked him at Arizona State, and then he just couldn't do anything. I thought he was the next Gronk for us, and because he was so he was so big, but he just never never. He was, uh, a, he was a thin guy, right? He wasn't he wasn't he, thick. He, he, was he was tall. He was tall. Yeah, he, was, he looked athletic. He looked he was very athletic. Yeah. And I was just upset when he, he got hurt and then he just couldn't put things together. It, so, it looked like he would be a little bit slimmer of a DK Metcalf or DK Metcalf with a thing. True. That's, that's, that, that, that's what it was. Yeah. At the time, I, I wanted him to be the next Gronk where he was going to be a little bit uh, bigger guy to be able to catch, catch, uh, catch the football from Brady. And that never turned out to be. Uh, but wide receivers that are actually good. Uh, are on this list. ESPN ranked the top 10 wide receivers based on surveys from over 50 NFL owners, executives, scouts, coaches, and players. Given that more than one wide receiver is on the field at the same time, ESPN expanded the honorable mention list. So you, the last few two couple lists, which was quarterback and running back, had only about two to three honorable mentions. This one has seven honorable mentions on here. So the list, I'll go ahead and read them off and we'll get your get you guys' reactions to this. Number one is Devontae Adams of the Raiders. Of the Raiders. Number two, Cooper Cup of the Raiders. Oh, Jesus. Number three is Jamar Chase of the Bengals. Number four, Justin Jefferson of the Vikings. Uh, Tyreek Hill from the Dolphins. Stephon Diggs of the Bills. DeAndre Hopkins from the Cardinals. Mike Evans from the Buccaneers. Debo Samuel for the 49ers. <coughs> Excuse me. And then DK Metcalf, number 10 for the Seahawks. <coughs> All right, calm down. Yeah, I know. I get too excited. Honorable mention. Uh, Keenan Allen from the Chargers, A.J. Brown of the Eagles, Terry McLaurin from the Commanders, Chris Godwin of the Buccaneers, uh, Michael Thomas of the Saints, CeeDee Lamb of the Cowboys, and then Mike Williams of the Chargers. What are y'all's uh, you know, first takes on that list? I'll be, I'll be totally honest and boring here. I don't know if Devontae Adams is number one, but that's really the only thing I can think of. I can't think of anybody they left out. I can't think of any other order thing that I would change. Um, I, I just I, it, I feel like this list gets it pretty right. Who would you put at number one if you don't think Devontae Adams is um, there? Probably Cooper Cup, right? I mean, yeah, uh, Coop, Cooper Cup. Um, I guess if I wanted to just be contrarian, I could say, well, Jamar Chase has only had one year, but I, I, the argument to my argument is that he was so freaking good in that one year, and he's so young, and he's only going to get better. So, you know, um, Jamar Chase could very well be the best wide receiver in the league in a year or two. A name that's not on here that I kind of mentioned when we first got this list about 30 minutes ago was Adam Thielen of the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Now, I, I know he's had a couple of injuries the last four or five years. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I know that, like, I don't know if he'll be in top ten, but I was kind of surprised he wasn't an honorable mention. I think that I think that's literally my only gripe with this list was that Adam Thielen was nowhere to be seen at mm-hmm. all. I'll agree with that. I think Adam Thielen's a monster. I, I think, when, again, when he's fully healthy, he's a he's certainly a game changer. Um, trying to th- they had Stephon Diggs on there. Um, I'm trying to think of like big name wide receivers. Tyreek Hill, obviously. I don't know how good he's going to be with the Dolphins, but certainly he's. It's not going to be his fault if he's not as good. Now, um, can I can I bring somebody up that? Let me just double check this list because I don't think they're on here. Go ahead. Oh no, he's on here. I don't think Michael Thomas deserves. He, he to be was on, he list. was under honorable mention. I was looking at uh, AJ Brown, Michael Thomas, aka Slant Boy. I don't know if he deserves to be on the list. Let's see. Here's a wide receiver. I'm just comparing different lists. The list I'm looking at once again is Pro Football Focus. Uh, but at number 13, and I don't think he's listed here, at number 13, they have T. Higgins with the Bengals listed. Yeah. And he's not, he not, he on, not this on this list anywhere. Um, I feel like that's the virtue of him being the number two wide receiver. You know, it, it's tough to put, yeah. Because yeah. Jamar Chase is the clear. I don't, big I don't think, I don't think any team, team. I, I think counting the top 10 plus honorable mention, I don't think there's any. They're all from different teams. Yeah. Yeah, so, there, there is yeah. no quote unquote number two. Yeah, the the first repeats we get are uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams for the Chargers, both in uh, the honorable mention area. Yeah. I think I think you can make the argument to put Keenan Allen in the top ten. I mean, he's right there on eleventh, so yeah. I guess you really could make that argument. Yeah. Would you Would you say he's above? Would you put him above DK Metcalf? I don't know. That's the thing. That's like, the thing there's is, there are so many great wide receivers in the NFL just because of the way the game has changed and the way wide receiver, the way passing is kind of the focus of just about every offense now. That right. to to that, to kind of I'm what. I'm about to just start naming receivers that are on this list, and you just tell me whether that, or not they just need to be in I'm there. I'm going to say that. Okay. The, Jeff, the, for honorable mi- like, we'll say top 15, if I think they're a top 15. Yeah. The, the other thing, the thing about it is these lists, it's like, you you know, you look at the top 10, and it's like what I just brought up, and, uh, you, you know, you said you'd put Keenan Allen in there, but would you put him above DK Metcalf? Yeah. And if you if you wouldn't, does he deserve to be on the list? Or maybe you move both of them up and take someone out? Yeah. It's just it gets it gets it really gets really confusing. hairy really fast. You know who I, I think watching DK Metcalf hawk down Buda Baker last season was one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Oh Lord, he coming? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know who I think would make a good can make a good case for number one, and it's a little bit lower than I, th- you know, they than what I think a lot of people would make the case for. Let me guess, Stephon Diggs. No. Oh. Uh, Justin Jefferson. I think Justin Jefferson could make a very good case yeah. for the number one wide receiver there. Um, I want to see how I think Devontae Adams is still going to be really good. Mm-hmm. I just I, want, I wonder you know this late into your career you're going to a new quarterback for the first time you have that's to wonder what, I, what what is that going to do that's when I want to see the production how his production is with Derek Carr because Derek Carr is an established quarterback in this league but he's he's not Aaron Rodgers he's not Aaron Rodgers he doesn't have the rapport that um, Adams and Rodgers had so I want to know I want to see how those two fit together and. With the Raiders, you've got other, you know, you got quite a bit of their um, weapons on that offensive side of the ball that you're not going to be that it's it's not going to be like last year where um, Aaron Rodgers is you're my go-to guy because we got you and then all these young guys and I trust you. <laughs> we got you and Randall Cobb, a 36-year-old Randall Cobb. Oh, uh, a receiver's not on this list. Where's where's the love for 
new L.A. Ram Allen Robinson II? I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think there's anybody on that list that I'd replace with him. Now, I will say at number 20, this, this is surely to cause some debate. At number 20, he is currently a free agent on this list, Julio Jones. Is Julio Jones a top 25 receiver in the league still? Oh, that's interesting. I, I, I have such complicated feelings about Julio Jones. I think when Julio Jones is totally healthy, wait, until if you asked me three years ago, I would have told you that a fully healthy Julio Jones was the best wide receiver in the league. Um, and part of that would be biased, but I also think that that is – I also think that that was true. There was a stretch in the middle of – from the early 10s to I'd say probably 16 or 17 – I think Julio Jones was the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, injuries and age have slowed him down considerably. I think if he does sign with the team this year, he's going to be used almost exclusively as a red zone guy. I, I don't think he has the production that he used to, even if he's totally healthy. I think he can be better than he's been the last two seasons if he just plays in every game or only misses two or three rather than missing half the season. Um, but I, I, I don't know if I'd still call Julio a top 10 guy. What about free agent? Odell Beckham Jr. Odell, man, I didn't even think about Odell, but I, I, I'd have to say yes. I think, I, I think Odell is a top. No, hold on. Are we top saying eight? Are we saying they, <laughs> they are a top twenty-five wide receiver or a top seventeen, which is what this kind of insinuates that you've got ten well, guys let, let, let's, and then you've got let, seven honorable mentions. Let, let's stick with the that list right okay, there. So, so, do you think that Odell deserves to be in like the quote-unquote top seventeen of the league? I think so. I I take I take Odell probably a healthy Odell. I take a healthy Odell probably over everybody on the honorable mention list, but Keenan Allen, um, AJ Brown maybe. But, I mean, Chris Godwin's really good, but I still think I'd rather have Odell, Terry McLaurin, Michael Thomas, definitely, uh, C.D. Lamb. I like C.D. Lamb. I don't think he's as good as Odell and Mike Williams. I, I just, Yeah, I, I'd, put, I'd put Odell at 12 probably well, on let that me list. Just look, and I, I, it would be – I could see the argument for him being around 8 or 7, something like that. For time's sake, let me just list off the rest of the wide receivers that are on this list. Right. Amari Cooper from the Browns, mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett, Seattle Seahawks. Mike Williams from the L.A. Chargers, D.J. Moore for J.J.'s Carolina Panthers, Brandon Cooks from the Houston Texans, Hunter Renfo of the Vegas Raiders, <laughs> Tyler Boyd of the Cincinnati Bengals, Cortland Sutton of the Denver Broncos, uh, and then uh, Jalen Waddell, the Dolphins, Devonta Smith from the Eagles, and Darnell Mooney from the Chicago Bears. And that's 25. That's through 32. 30, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's a different list. Just I, I was, n- none of those guys are better than Odell in my mind. Um, trying to uh, let me look at this list, see if I would Again, where I would place Odell. I think, I think Justin Jefferson's got a got a uh, got a, a argument to be up there at number one, maybe number two on this on the from the ESPN list. Um, I do agree. I think T. Higgins deserves to be somewhere in here, um, but. I do see why they did not put him on there if they. If, just because he's like the second option behind Chase. Um, who else do I, I think should be on there? Uh, oh, a name that I I think maybe should be at least in the honorable mention. Um, I don't know if you you watch him more than we do. Michael Pittman. Yeah, okay, so that's tough because like yeah, the Colts fan I would have put Michael Pittman on there. Um, he played outstanding last year, um, but it. 
wide receiver ranking wide receivers is weird because it yeah. really it really comes down to your quarterback. There right? there are and the other thing is there are like seven different ways to play wide receiver too. Yeah, there, there's you, like, you can have Michael Pittman and Debo yeah. Samuel are not the same person. Yeah, and, and I think of DK Metcalf is kind of one of one. Um, and yeah, you have guys like Julio and well, I say one of one. I'm, Julio and DK Metcalf are pretty similar in the way they play, but then you have guys like like Debo Samuel, like you said. Well, if you if we're going, you know, like you said, or Tyler Lockett, who is another name you mentioned. Quarterbacks are or at, wide receivers are weird to rank because of their quarterbacks. Are there any of these guys on the list that you would knock down because of who their quarterback is? Because you look at you look at the list, you know, number ten is DK Metcalf, and I think he deserves to be there. But would you knock it down because it's Drew Lock throwing to him? Oh, you're saying for the upcoming season. I mean, I Do think I think their production is. is going to go yeah. down? I mean, okay. like this is what this is, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you, DeAndre Hopkins is going to go down, but that's for different reasons. Um, he's not playing. Yeah. He's not playing start of the year. Um, yeah, well, that'll do it. Who's product? I mean, yeah, Metcalf's production is going to go down uh, because of who his quarterback just, is. I, I was just saying, if that's how you you're looking, you know, like you you said, if you're, it's weird to rank wide receivers because of who their quarterback is. Is there any like that? That's why I brought it up. Because if is there someone that you would rank lower because of who their quarterback is? Um, Tyreek is going to be interesting with the Dolphins. I don't know what's going on down in Miami. It's going to be interesting. Uh, it's going to be interesting. What's the word to put it? Experiment down there with Tua and and Tyreek and how that Dolphins offense is going to work. Um, so Tyreek Tyreek definitely going to be an interesting situation. Another uh, a name that you mentioned a little bit ago, going back to just the list of just wide receivers. Wait a minute, Bef- I, before you jump there, just because I, I I don't want to lose my mind when I say this. Go ahead. There's not a Kansas City Chief on here. Not on this list, no. But I bet you by the end of next year, after Patrick Mahomes does Patrick Mahomes, then it's gonna be like three of them. I was gonna say, do, is, yeah, is there? So there's no Chiefs on this list. Who's um on your list? Does thirty two? Is there a Chiefs on that one? Chiefs uh, wide receiver there. Go ahead and with your thought. I'll take a look at this list and just make sure well, that. I was going to say that a guy that you mentioned a little bit ago that I think deserves at least to be. Uh, I don't think he deserves to be in the top ten, but I think he deserves to be in that honorable mention is Cortland Sutton. I can see that. I think for he, sure. I think he definitely deserves to be in that honorable mention area. I don't know who you knock out. Uh, maybe there are so many great wide receivers. Maybe in the McLaurin. NFL. Maybe to put in Sutton, but in the top thirty-two list, there are no Kansas City Chiefs. All right. I've got, and that is, 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 let me see. I've got the uh, Pro Football Focus Fantasy Rankings. The highest one that they've got is at 28, and that's Juju Smith-Schuster. So do you think, is Juju a chief? Yeah. Did, I, did I miss that? Yeah, I, yeah, I forgot about that. went through the that's, whole, like, why, oh, why is NFL free agency so far away from the start of the season because I forget where everybody is. Everybody lost their mind when he went there because everyone was going to complain about the TikToks that him and uh, Mahomes. Were yeah, Jackson make. Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. But so, do you think that with with Mahomes uh, being Juju's new quarterback, do you think he jumps into at least the honorable mention this year because of that? I I think that if he's, he's going to have a significantly better year than he did. Yeah, one hundred percent with the fossil of Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. When, and being when, when you when you had somebody and being fully healthy. If, you, if you have somebody there who was if you have somebody at quarterback who was there possibly at the last supper, then yeah, we have problems. <laughs> so yeah, I think he's gonna have a better year. So that's a look at the NFL wide receivers ranked by fifty NFL executives, coaches, scouts, 
post on ESPN.com. Go look at the web, the article over on ESPN.com if you want to look at their reasoning, why they ranked them there, and all of that. We'll end the show, final break right now, end the show after this with our nightly TV guide coming up. Follow our sports call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Into a Thursday evening. I'm Brooks Childress, joined by Brant Daughtry, Jared Dillard. Hello. Wrapping up a Thursday edition of Sports Call. The song is called Send Them Off by Bastille. That's why I said sending you guys off. I didn't Thursday. know that. Oh my gosh, you're funny. Yeah, I didn't man. know that. Or clever. You're not really funny. It's always great when you have to uh, explain the joke. I've, I've been kind of a... I've been... You're, you're about to get your, your mic muted is what's about to happen. A few more minutes left here. Jared, thank you so much for joining us today, even though you threw some 251 slander in here. Well, you know, it's always great to be on the show. I'm always here to just have fun and just stare at you. I want Grace to know that I was there first. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, technically, yeah. Technically, me and you were friends before I met in, Grace. Isn't there a Kanye song about that? Uh, who is it who wrote the song about that? I, Ray J? I, I, the, what do you mean? Like, I no, you never. First. Sing it for us. That's an Alan Jackson no, song. No, no, no. No, I think it's an Alan Jackson no, song. No, no, no. Sing it for us. No. Oh, okay. Hold on. I'm just... If you know, you know. If you, you don't, know, you, you know. Don't. If, you... if you don't, you don't need to. We're wrapping up a show here on a Thursday. It is Ray J. Thanks to J.J. Jackson, the host of the program. He was by earlier. Hosted for a little bit. Abandoned us. Ryan Lavoie was also here. Thanks to Bob Pockrist earlier in the show for joining us right here on Sports Call. First time we had him on. Great interview. We love the first time interviews. Go listen to that. We we'll post it up soon after the show is over on our Sports Call podcast feed on no. our Twitter. At Sports go, Call AU. It'll I'll, go I'll, up roughly at 6.05 p.m. I wasn't in here when he was talking. Does he cover NASCAR? He does for Fox Sports. Why didn't you have me on? I got to talk about my NASCAR Heat 5 franchise. All right. I'm doing really good. Are you doing really good? I'm in the Cup Series now. I'm driving to 28 Mountain Dew. I'm in the I'm in the final eight of the Truck Series. Are we? Are you all playing NASCAR right now? I, uh, yes. I am. I, the it NASCAR is one of my podcast listening games. Interesting. It is one of my podcast games. Interesting. You want to hear about my race at Auto Club in California? Maybe, maybe <laughs> off the air. No. No, maybe off the air. I want the people to know. I, I ran out of gas on the speed. final lap, but I crossed the finish line in first place anyway. That's your Impressive. NASCAR. Did you get out and push? Update. Put it in neutral. I, I start pushing. Did. As long as I don't put it in reverse, Terry. 
impressive. I'm, I'm impressed. Back he went out of gas and still up, won. Back up. Yeah. Back it up. That's great. I, that's impressive. I, I should have got an achievement for that. But oh, you should have. You should have got a badge for that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of entertainment for your evening, I it's the Sports Call Nightly TV Guide. Our show by. is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Nightly TV guy brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. What was that? You said you're in. There it is. There ain't no laws in the claws. Auburn Hyde didn't hear that. Ain't no laws when you pound in claws. Movie picks. I don't like White Claws. Movie picks for you this evening. Don't I can't. No, you love White Claws. I, I love White Claw. I can't answer that question like legally. Uh, White Claw is great. They're a great sponsor of the Nightly TV guide. Love White Claw. Six o'clock on AMC, your movie picks for the evening. Starring Ben Affleck, it's Pearl Harbor. Hope you got a full evening settled in for that one because that's about a three-hour movie. Uh, great movie, Jared. Have you seen Pearl Harbor? December twelfth. Oh, I'm sorry, December twelfth. December nine. Uh, Jesus, I'm sorry. My history. I'm uh, sorry. Windows rebooted. December seventh, nineteen forty-one. Have you seen the movie with Ben Affleck? No. Okay. But that is that the date of Pearl Harbor? December seventh, nineteen forty-one. Yeah, that's okay. correct. I'm a I'm, I'm a history nerd, Brand. I don't know if you knew that. You're, you missed the date twice, and you saw such a history nerd. <laughs> yeah, uh, my Windows rebooted. Okay, the I'm sorry. will live in infamy. Six o'clock on FX. Your JJ Jackson Memorial pick of the evening: Spider-Man: Far From Home. Good movie, starring Tom Holland. I still want to watch the newest Spider-Man. I need to. Oh, need really? To find it's it. pretty great. I need to find it. It's pretty I'm, great. I finally caught up to the point where I can watch it because I'm done with Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. That's the next thing on the list. So I need to. Uh, I need to watch. I still that. have not watched. I haven't even watched the first Iron Man movie. I'm that I'm far not behind. Even address I'm that, that far behind. Yeah, dude, you're it. like you, that movie I'm still came in phase out in 2009. One. I'm still in phase one, guys. Six thirty. Did B- you watch the uh, the first Incredible Hulk movie? Because that is technically no. a part of the MCU. Came out in 08. No, no one ever thinks Edward about Norton. it because Mark Ruffalo wasn't playing Bruce Banner at the time. Was it Edward Norton. Yeah. Yeah. Continue. Six thirty. BBC Edward America. Twenty one Jump Street. Banger. Ice Cube. Very. Fun. Jonah Hill. Channing Tatum. I wouldn't know. If, I don't, that movie features Ice Cube. I don't know if it stars Ice no, Cube. No, I'd say it stars him. If Ice Cube is in it, he's really he's funny. He's a star. He's really funny in it. Your sports picks for the evening. 6.05 on Valley Sports Southeast. The Braves and the Nationals start a four-game series. The nation's capital before the All-Star break. Kyle Wright gets the start tonight for the Braves on the mound. Other picks for you this evening. 6.50 on FS1. The 2022 Copa America Femina continues with Group A action from Chile versus Ecuador. Great soccer action there. A little Latin flair. And then your summer league picks of the evening, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Dallas Mavericks take on the Milwaukee oh. Bucks. Oh, go Mavs. Yeah, there's your team. Screw Jalen Brunson, I'm sorry. And then at 9 o'clock tonight, it is the Nets and the Timberwolves. I still love you. your late night cap. And that is a look at your nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer that we love, Brant. Right? We, love, we love White Claw. Because there right. ain't no laws on when the claws, Ain't no Brant. laws when you're drinking claws. And that is going to do it for today's edition of Sports Call. I'm going to say I don't like hard seltzers, except for White Claw. That's right. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new edition, Friday edition of Sports Call, that will send you into a weekend and also send you into Depression. next week's oh. <laughs> SEC Media Days. For Jared Dillard, but it's depression because I won't be able to see y'all for a week. So for me, it's depression. I'll be here. JJ no, Jackson, That's why I said depression. Brent nah. Daughtry. I'm Brooks Childress. Thank you for joining yeah. us. Have a good mm. evening.